Welcome to another Anchor Biters podcast where we talk college football from a college fantasy football perspective. I am your host, your beautiful host, your lovely host, your amazing host, Tony, a.k.a. Farnsworth. And if you know what time it is, which you should, if you're rocking with the Anchor Biters, you know I'm joined by my man, 100 Grand. My man, 100 Grand, who is, man, Owens. What's up, man? Man, what's up, man? How, How you, you doing, doing baby? Hey, I'm good, man. How you doing today? Listen, man, I am emotionally, I'm winging it emotionally. <laughs> because you know why we'll get into later. But hey, yeah. I've got something to be excited about. Super duper excited. Uber excited about. Listen, if you rock with the ankle biters, you know that October is special guest month yes, and here sir. we are in the first week of it and we are starting this thing off for the third year baby we starting this thing off with my man brandon t in the place to be brandon what t. it do baby what's going on guys we're doing Listen, that three-peat man. action man yes. <laughs> oh man thank you thank you golf claps so for glad he's here golf claps. us with his presence, man, he's so big time right now. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, Hollywood yeah. right now. In the <laughs> but he's still my man. That's right, Brand. All day, Brandon T in the place to be, man. Glad to have you here, Brandon, man. So thankful and and honored, even that you would grace us with your presence yet again, yes, man. The third right. year you're leading off special guest month, and um, I couldn't be more excited right now, man. How you be, man? I've been good, man. I'm always honored to be on this pod. You guys make me laugh every single week. I always listen every single week. I am a avid listener. You are my boys, and I always will support you. And I love to come on, have a good laugh, because we're going to tell people to sit the bench. We're going to call people out. We're going to tell them to go sit by coach. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> it's going right. to be a good time. This is my man. This is why he's always leading off, because he shows so much love, man, from right, day right. one. He didn't hesitate to show love, even when we, I mean, we're still not big, don't have a huge platform. We just bring to the table what we think is necessary. You know, it's a very diverse community, and that's what we want to do, continue to add some degree of diversity to the community so that we're all relevant to somebody somewhere. Yes. But this man, let me just give you some brief history real quick, how me and Brandon came into uh quote-unquote relationship. Uh, with each other is uh, Brandon runs this uh, the CFFU. I know he's teaming up with Campus to Canton, which is wonderful right now. Mm-hmm. Those dudes are doing the dang thing, man. They're pushing forward and they're pushing hard. Talking about mashing on the gas, those things are getting it done. And he reached out to me and gave me the opportunity to write for him. Yes, man, I remember that. Yes. yes, I remember that. Yes, sir. That was back in what 2019, I think. Yeah, 2019. I uh been playing CFFU for or CFF for a few years. Sorry, it kind of merges together now, but uh, I was playing for a few years, got pretty decent at it, and decided, hey, I want to start helping people. I want to see if there's a community out there. Sure enough, you know, the the names you always hear, like the Mike Brainbridges of the world and mm-hmm. the John Lobs and stuff like that, but came across Tony and then eventually met Owens here as well. And uh, you know, it's just cool to have a great community of people that love cff or is playing campus to canton now we have a you know a lot larger of an audience with those guys as well so it's been nice to just merge those type of communities together and uh just create a safe space where people can learn and uh tips and tricks and that's what we're all about so uh, it's been a 
it's been a cool uh, transition, you know, the past couple of years, but I uh, decided to come back full time uh, last year. And that's when uh, I got swooped up there at Campus of Canton. So uh, I, right now I, I, I rock the uh, the handle at CFF University if you need to find me. And hey, I still, you know, rep that uh, as I continue going and, and uh, help the people out when I can. So I'm just glad to be here, guys. You, you guys are cool. That's what's up, man. Thank you for always showing love. Owens, yeah. man, you ready? To, y'all guys ready to get in some of this content? This was, yes, um, I don't know what to say about this past weekend. I'm calling it the Twilight Zone. That's because so many things, it. yeah, so many things happened that was really, really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, college football tends to be like that, which is why we love it. One of the reasons why we love it so much because of its unpredictability. Of yeah. course, we love the the rivalry and the pageantry and all of that stuff, the history and everything that comes with that. But the unpredictability, man. Yeah, anything can happen. That's why they say any given Saturday. I know the phrase is more so any given Sunday, but not like college football, man. No, sir. Not like you don't have coaches getting fired on the field and (laughs) (laughs) on the tarmac. You don't have all of this stuff, man. You're talking about storylines and narratives out the wazoo. I mean, you're bound to get clipped at any given time. Halftime, it doesn't matter in college football. When boosters and money get involved, anything is bound to happen, especially in the day of NIL. You got Jimbo Fisher doing what he's doing, but they're wanting his head. We'll get into this, guys. But listen, we're talking about Twilight Zone, the wacky world of college football. Iowa State and Kansas, guys. I'm Listen, I'm about to say something you never thought you'd hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it. Say it. <laughs> you want to yeah. say Kansas, Kansas is undefeated. <laughs> yes, sir. Right. And going into week six. Uh-huh. Listen. And number one in the Big 12, right? Number one in the Big 12. Oh, man. Five and oh. Jalen Daniels, man. the truth. Unbelievable. Owens, help me out, man. Kansas, um, five and oh. What did I tell you? I told you, Tony. I said, Kansas is slowly building. They're bringing in one or two really good players every year. They keep building, keep building. I mean, doing it slow. They were doing it slow. I'm doing it slow. Slow burn. And yeah. now you're seeing the results of that. And like, hey, they got some players. And I'm going to tell you what else helped them out a lot. That transfer portal. That's a, that's a bad boy there. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Brandon, when you look at the success of the Jayhawks, this is a basketball school. And yes, last year, Paul, it was like, hold on, y'all. Hold on. I just got started. I just got started. And listen, when you look at the success success of the Jayhawks, this is a team. Because when you look at what they're able to do at 5-0 and who they've been able to beat, you don't see any one person. It it, it seemed to be Jalen Daniels, but even he didn't have a great game this past week. Right. Right. But they still handled – Iowa State, I mean, it was an ugly game, but they get it done, guys. 14 to 11, they get it done. Brandon, what do you think about this game, man? 
man, you could see it's the fire that's inside of Kansas. Is those players, their team ups, they're they're just coming together, man. Uh, yes, it's behind Jalen Daniels, but even when he's struggling, you guys got like Devin Neal. You have the backup running back. It's not just one guy anymore that you could pick from Jayhawks. We used to just took the KU running back and called it a day. It's not like that anymore now. Any given days, you could have one of the receivers go off. You could have the second string running back going off. It don't matter. They just come together to try to get it done. Defense isn't the greatest, and we'll talk about matchups and stuff like that as well. But they're out producing, and they're beating teams like Iowa State, which is a rep- you know very respectful team. You know they they usually put up the defense. They got the running backs. You know Hunter Deckers isn't anything to laugh about, but. Here we are in Kansas, the the basketball school, the only remaining basketball school that is undefeated and leading the Big 12, Carolina, no longer undefeated. Dukes, no longer undefeated anymore. It's just Kansas sitting there at the top for the uh, basketball schools, making a name to uh, become the football school again. So I'm very impressed what Leopold's been able to do, especially the past few years. But those schools are even good this year. Duke is very surprising with a new coaching staff. North Carolina with Drake May is lighting everybody's fire. I mean, lighting everybody up like a Christmas tree. You've got Kentucky. Mark Stoops will tell you in a minute, this is not just a basketball school. Mm -hmm. He had his run in with the basketball coach there earlier this year. But they didn't (laughs) lose this past week. They got his highest number, uh, what was they, number 13 or something like that in the country. Now they've moved down now after their first loss, so they just lost two. So, hey, the basketball schools are showing up to the party with something to say in regards to football. But, yeah, Kansas is doing their thing now. Very, very shocking. Um, they get another big game this week. Uh, I think it's TCU they play. So this is going to be – listen, man, this is going to be one heck of a game because both of them are coming off of very inspirational, high-intensity high, uh, high intensity games, if you will. Well mm-hmm. – not TCU. <laughs> I mean, mm. they, well, were, you, well, they were cruising in the third quarter. So let me retract and let well, me let me go ahead on. You don't have to retract it because they snapped the eight game losing streak versus OU. So they're excited okay. about it. Okay. That. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. But that game was over at halftime. <laughs> yeah. If we're being honest, that game was yeah. over at halftime. Horrible. But listen, we just mentioned coaches getting fired at the drop of a hat. Paul Christ gets the not he gets the uh, proverbial tap on the shoulder, and gets mm-hmm. clipped. Um, Illinois, <laughs> Wisconsin. Listen, Wisconsin. I don't know what they're expecting, but Paul Christ is a good coach. He's having a bad year, but he hasn't had a bad run at Wisconsin. I don't know what they were expecting. They've never been this offensively dominant team. They've had a great running game because they've had great offensive line play. But right. the quarterback play has always been very, very mediocre, very pedestrian. I don't know what they were thinking they were going to get this year, but minus the run game, I think you see just how flawed the offensive system was and the defense really hadn't been playing to their standard, I guess. But they get run out, uh, pretty much run off the field by Illinois, Brandon, um, Braylon Allen. Just I don't I don't know what they did to him. <laughs> they had a game plan that was I mean was ice cold because this dude had eight carries for two yards. You know they, oh. they told they told him no. Mm. Like they 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 got that that tape. They got a hold of his tape. They know mm. what he liked to do. You know, you know he liked to take. Was- <laughs> but the coach the coach gave up on the two eight carries. Come on, bro. Yeah. 
I think he was broken because the OSU game, the previous game, where he's like, oh, I'm going to just go in here, keep on running on people, and OSU swatted them down. So maybe it was a lack of confidence. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, Illinois' Chase Brown would just be like, I'm just going to outrun him and prove that I'm the better running back in the country. I don't know what it was, but Braylon Allen just hasn't been himself the past two weeks. I wouldn't say it's a drop just yet, but we'll talk about stash and trash and all that good stuff coming up. But, you know, I'm saying just to be weary of Braylon Allen going forward. Maybe he might not be startable the whole way where you just leave him in your lineup. We might have to talk about that. So uh, just be weary, but he just hasn't been looking like himself. So it's a little interesting. So now Wisconsin's got a brand new uh, coach that they're looking for. Might be time for Matt Rule to leave the NFL since he can't do nothing with the Panthers anyway. That's and maybe he word. can find him a home. So we'll see. That's the word. They want him out of there, too. I'm interested to see, because I'm trying to find it, and I can't see it, the time of possession. I know that a lot of people say it's very, very overrated. It can be, but if you're doing something with that football while you have it, it's not overrated. Right. Because when you look at the plays being run or ran, or whatever, I don't know what the proper English is, by Wisconsin there, you look at, you look at how um, – they were able, or Illinois were able to, to, I don't know if it was ball control or what, but the, the carry distribution in the backfield, it just doesn't seem, I, I don't see anything, guys. Help me out there. What are we looking at with this carry distribution? Because we're talking about eight carries for Braylon Allen, the star running back there, but Chesman Lucy wasn't, I mean, yeah, who, seven. I mean, go ahead, Owens. What can you do with eight carries, bro? I mean, like you you one of the best running backs in the country. Right. What what can you do with eight carries? I mean, but I see 17 carries outside of Graham Mertz. I didn't watch the game, so I don't know how many of those are either. him being forced out of the pocket because of the way college football counts stats. Um, but I see 17 carries. Yeah. Malusi got seven. Yeah, Lucy split with him and didn't yeah. do much with it either. So didn't do anything, nothing with it. It just could have been maybe a good defensive showing from Illinois, who I don't know doesn't do it very often. I mean, because Chase Brown himself had twenty five carries. Yeah, right. And that's on that's on Wisconsin, which was impressive. Very, very impressive, very man. Impressive. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Chris is out there at Wisconsin, Mizzou in Georgia. I came oh. home. My wife and I had a, <laughs> had an engagement, and I didn't see the score. So I get home and I'm going through the scores and I'm like, oh my gosh, Mizzou yeah. was up by, I want to say by a couple scores. And Georgia, this was right before Georgia started mounting the comeback. And I'm thinking Mizzou might pull this out. And then I think Georgia scored, I forgot how it went and I thought, oh crap. Yeah. Here they come. Georgia's about to put the pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are the defending champs. They're the defending champs for a reason. Right. Mizzou could not hold on in this game, guys. Who wants to take a stab at this? Because great defensive showing. I don't maybe it's a defensive showing. Maybe they exposed Georgia because Georgia kind of looked a little sus in some games this year. Kent State, uh, that offense kind of showed some things. Mm-hmm. You know, Walker kind of burned them a couple times right. in that game. But um, I don't know what I'm seeing out of Georgia right now. I'm not. I'm, I mean, if I'm a Georgia fan, I don't know how confident I am. Shout out to Jared, by the way. Yeah. Georgia, Georgia I, we had to check on Jared the other day. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how confident I am in a repeat. 
I know they own the SEC East, but Tennessee is lurking, man. They ain't going away, that's for sure. They're not uh, going away. So shout out to Mizzou, and this is without their uh, a lot of production from the boy, the boy Luther Burn, the Thoid. The Thoid. The Thoid. The freshman sensation himself who, for some reason, they're watching his snap count, which is really stupid because he's the best player on their team. Regardless, Missouri puts in, you know, a good front, uh, you know, probably on the back of Nathaniel Pete and a few other guys that they have there at Missouri. But they took it to Georgia. I think Georgia recently has just been – it's not like they're resting on their lures because they're a good team and they're coached by Kirby Smart. The kid's good with what he does. But I just think they're playing to their opponent's – strength if that makes sense like they should be playing like they're playing against alabama every single week but yet they're showing signs of they're playing down to their opponents so like kent state was able to score them now all of a sudden missouri just walks up in there and almost takes their first you know i'm almost suspecting that maybe georgia drops the second in the nation with alabama doing what they did against arkansas it, even with bryce being banged up we might still alabama at first georgia might drop to second i don't know i haven't really seen the rankings i don't know if it's changed or not but we're seeing a. Uh, we're seeing where Georgia isn't the same defense. They look dominant, especially against Oregon. That was impressive, right? So we're like, yeah. all right, same Georgia, you know, rinse and repeat, right? New, another championship. Then all of a sudden they're getting to these other teams that should be a cakewalk, right? But it ain't no cakewalk. There's no cupcakes here. So I'm just like, uh, you know, we gotta, you guys got to figure that out. You guys got to be the dominant SEC team that you are because you're coming up on your conference real, real soon. And they already started with Missouri, and they're supposed to be the bottom of the barrel. So – what happens if, like, Vandy goes there with our boy Ramon Davis and he starts running on him and stuff like that? Like, that's going to look a little sus, you know? So, yeah, George is just going to have to get it together. Yeah, A-Rich coming up and all those guys, so. Yeah. yeah. I, think it might be, I think it might be a situation where they play down to their opponent. Exactly. That's you know what I mean? Like, they're they just like, oh, this is Missouri. Missouri. They, everybody beat up on Missouri, you know. We ain't gotta worry about this game. But then you look up in the fourth quarter, you fighting. <laughs> yeah, don't so, fight. Keep it right. Mean, I think it could be a, a situation like that. Because Georgia, man, they got the players, they got the athletes, mm. you know. Oh, yeah. And I just yeah. think it's, I think it's that situation, man. You just play, they playing down for their competition. Missouri was up ten by ten four times in that four different times in that game. Yep. They were up by 10 points four different times in that game and couldn't close it out. That goes to show you, man, you there. I mean, Georgia's battle tested, yep. you know, they're battle tested. They've been there before Missouri, you know, laughing stock uh, as far as defense is concerned last year, they look a lot more improved this year, but I guess they're just not ready for that type of weight. Not ready for that type of week. Moving right along to Wake Forest and Florida State. Florida State have been looking good this year, guys, but Wake Forest comes in there off of a hard-fought battle against Clemson. And early on, man, it kind of looked like it was tip for tat, and Wake Forest just kind of opened that thing up. And with full yeah. throttle, man, it kind of just took off. Mm-hmm. Oh, Florida yeah. State fought back late, but Wake, man, uh, I mean – yeah, man, Sam Hartman came in there looking like that dude. They were up at by, by uh, what, 21 points at one point going through the third quarter. They looked real mm-hmm. good. Justice Ellison had 18 carries, 114 yards. Christian Turner had 20 carries. That is shocking to me. Yes. Yep. That Wake Forest is allowing their running backs to get this many carries, man. That is a Dave unique – all about chunking that sucker all over the place. Spread offense, he, yeah. Yeah, I guess he found something that worked. 
and it was working against mm-hmm. Florida State, and they stuck with it, man. So you get between those two running backs, man, you've got 38 carries. And so for the first time, and I don't know how long, I don't know the stat, but uh, including Sam Hartman's 11 carries, you've got 49 carries right there to uh, 34 attempts for uh, from, from Sam Hartman. That I don't know. This is Dave Clawson's style. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's no, unique. This is his style, guys. Always what you think about this it's game. A, it's, a, it's a unique running style because Hartman's in the shotgun the whole time and the running backs are standing next to him. And he'll put the ball in their belly and they kind of stand there for a little bit and bounce yeah. around and then they pick what hole they want to hit. And then it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. I, I mean, remember watching this weird. <laughs> I remember when I first noticed that is when, um, 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 what's the guy name who transferred to Georgia? Uh, the quarterback, the big guy. Oh, Jamie Newman, yeah. Jamie Newman. I noticed that when when he was there because he would kind of hold it there and mm-hmm. they would kind of hop and hop and hop and hop. Right, right. And then they would go. And I'm like, what in the world what is, is that? going on? <laughs> yeah, it looked funny. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> yeah, very, but very it's working. Weird. Yeah, but, but hey, listen, to the tune of 38 carries, Right there, very yeah. produ- well. Christian Turner not too productive as far as uh, yards per carry, but Justice Ellison very productive right there. They both get in the end zone. Florida State running game. We'll talk about this a little later. We'll yeah. talk about this a little later because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, it's I, like it. I don't like it. But the passing game, Jordan Travis is a lot better than I thought he would be this year. Yeah, he's come on strong. He's coming a long way, man. He's coming on strong. He's very efficient there. He's got some weapons there with Johnny Wilson, the big, big, big target right there. Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman there. And Ontario Wilson, if they can get some consistency out of him, they'd be doing some good things, man. But, yeah, that right there was a fun game to watch, though. Florida State makes it interesting late. Moving right along to NC State, Clemson, another dog fight for Clemson. But they're up for the task, man. NC State did it to them last year. Yes. Two, I believe, and Clemson was like, listen, man, we know what time it is. But this, listen, NC State doesn't look like they're scared of Clemson. No. They're not. At all. They're not pushovers, but my uh, my uh, decree that uh, NC State was going to take the ACC, I don't know, man. Uh, I might I might be wrong again. It might still be Clemson <laughs> to, to at least lead the ACC. I'll go ahead and say this. The ACC – not big on defense, but the two teams that are good at defense is NC State and Clemson. So they it's, definitely it's showed right. out, right? Absolutely. But maybe right. NC State just needs to formulate and get it together maybe later to maybe re re-meet Clemson possibly in the ACC championship. We shall see. But, uh, you know, Clemson holding on, still not touching that quarterback situation, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm going to oh. rely on one man, Will Shipley, and Will Shipley only. We'll talk about him a little later. But uh, DJU starting to kind of get in his way, though, a little bit. Yeah, yeah he does. You know, oh, I think man. I think I think NC State. I think the one thing that's lacking with them is a run game. They they've always had a run, a good, decent run game year after year. They always had that one back that kind of stood out, you know. But they don't have that this year, and I think that's hurting them. Actually, so, they've been a, they've been a two back system for yeah. a while, and I, I've hated it well, because last year it was it could have been Bam Knight going bananas, but you had um, person there kind of getting in the mix and the same thing the year before that, you got that kind of going on this year too with Jordan Houston. They were raving about him in the off season about how it's his time and he's yeah. been waiting and he was sitting behind Ricky Pearson and bam night. And this is his year. They're going to ride him. And here comes Demi Sumo. 
Yeah, he's got something to say about that narrative. And but this is putrid right here when you're looking at these stats. This is worse than what we just looked at in the in the previous That's game. Horrible. That's this horrible. is horrible, man. This is CFF Dookie. Yep. Is what this is, man. This Purgatory. is dirt. This, this is, is what, trash. This is what we stay away from right here in mm-hmm. college fantasy football. We mm-hmm. stay away from this kind of stuff, right? You're here. talking about a house of horrors. <laughs> yeah. NC State backfield is a house of horrors. But yeah, that was an interesting game here. And this other game here, again, co- talking about coaches getting fired. Georgia mm-hmm. Tech and Pitt, guys. Georgia Tech, I guess they played inspired football. Yeah. Because because they get rid of that coach, Jeff Collins, prior to the game. Uh, well, the week of the game, he's out of there. And they go in there and do what they did to Pitt's a better team. But mm-hmm. it didn't seem to make uh, – they didn't get the memo. of um, uh, Apparently not. They didn't get the memo. And so they pulled out this win. And listen, you're talking about what in the world is going on here because you've got uh, running back by committee seeming to be retuned and redefined with Hassan Hall getting 20 carries. We hadn't seen this even when Jameer Gibbs was there. Right. Because you had Jeff Sims right there kind of getting in the mix a little bit, and he did this game too with 19 carries, so one behind him. But you see the other guys, and you're like, this is what we much rather see. Right. Mm -hmm. Dylan McDuffie, two carries. This is what you get for leaving Buffalo. (laughs) Right there. He should have called us. Should have called us. You should have called us, man. We would have told you. Stay in Buffalo, man. I know it's cold, but stay and get some production, man. Dang. Man, listen, all that running he would have been doing, he'd have been just fine warming his body up with 30 carries. Yes, sir. Yes. Dante Smith, one carry. Nate McCullum, one carry. This is what you want to see. You want to see that lead back with 20 Mm -hmm. carries. Or north of twenty, somewhere around there, twenty carries. But then you get Israel Bonacana goes down. Vincent Davis steps up with fifteen carries for eighty yards. Keith Slovis didn't play a bad game. He's all right, That's but somehow Georgia Tech pulls this thing out, guys. Mm-hmm. Any uh, any inkling of Pitt actually winning the ACC this year? I think is all but squashed now, especially with what's <laughs> going on, man. Georgia Tech came to play spoiler. They said, no, thank you, Pitt. You will not be repeating this year. So I yeah. love a good underdog. Yeah. It could be this um, the whole uh, uh, mystique about or this this mystery. There's, there's mystery surrounding um, when a new coach takes over. There's nothing. I mean, you have nothing to gauge them by. You, you, I mean, you have no tendencies. You have nothing. And I think you kind of saw that in the first game with James Madison in Middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You didn't know what to expect out of James Madison. Of course, you had tape, but mm-hmm. they hadn't played at the FBS level. So you really right. don't – I mean, what's your what's your barometer, right? And so mm-hmm. you saw, saw them put a whooping on Middle Tennessee State, who then mm-hmm. turns around and beats Miami. Right. 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 And mm-hmm. I, and so, I mean, I, I think you may see a little bit of that here. So I don't know that Georgia Tech goes out to their next opponent and just does them the same way as this. And on to this other game. And oh, we'll be no, done no. with our week five review. Yeah. We got to talk about this one, man. We have to, Owens. I don't want to, but I think it's befitting. 
We got to discuss the beatdown. Mm. Um, this here reminded me of it had it had shades of the 2019 college football playoff against LSU. Wow. Yeah. Because the lead just kept growing. It kept growing. <laughs> Mm. It was forty. It was forty-one to seventeen at halftime. Yeah, I definitely didn't oh, return God. to that game after checking that out for a few minutes. No, lie. and then two minutes to go in the third, they score again. Mm. A sixty-nine yarder, Kendra Miller, straight up the middle, up the gut. So mm. it's forty-eight seventeen, and then it's fifty-five seventeen in the third quarter. They could have scored eighty points. This looked like me playing NCAA on PlayStation. And I'm mm -hmm. like, let me just try this play right here. Oh, it worked. All right, let me try this one over here. Yep, that one worked too. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's it's ridiculous, yeah. man. It was it was pathetic. Pathetic. A pathetic showing by the Sooners. We <sighs> love y'all, but listen, you gotta get this stuff fixed. I trust BV, but these are not I, I think I think guys that the reality the reality didn't set in until we actually had the opportunity or we were faced we were confronted with the task of <laughs> actually seeing the reality of what what I mean what's in Norman because I think we thought we all thought in the back of our mind somewhere Maybe didn't want to voice it because we knew it would sound. We know it would sound stupid had mm -hmm. we voiced it. We knew it. Mm -hmm. We may didn't want to voice it, but we all thought that BV was going to come in here and turn these dudes into Clemson. <laughs> it takes a little while. It takes Owens, a little bit. Owens, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Brandon, you, you're 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 a Tar Heel fan, so yes. you're not so you're not privy to Sooner Nation. But Owens and I both know, <laughs> right. That we were expecting, well, maybe not us, because we've learned being a part of, you know, college football intricately because of college fantasy football now right. for 17 years. Mm. You can kind of take the lenses off right. and you can kind of gauge this from a more level-headed perspective. And so we kind of knew that the reality, here's the reality. These are Alex Grinch's players. Right. And they were recruited for his system. Mm. Uh -huh. yep. These guys are not recruited for Brent Venable's system. There's no right. way he's going to come in here. Of course, in an, in an ideal world, he's going to come in here and turn these guys into Clemson's defense. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen. Right. Mm. And the same things that we've been seeing over the past few years started showing back up. <laughs> you there. Yeah. It's almost like they came knocking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> you can only hide me. Right. <laughs> you can hide me against UTEP and Kent State and a oh, yeah. terrible oh, yeah. Nebraska team. You can hide me against them. But then when K-State comes to town, you're going to have to let me in. Hmm. You're going to have to let me in. Bad tackling, you're going to have to let me in. Yep. Getting knocked around on on the on the uh, offensive line and defensive line, you're gonna have to let me in. Yep, taking bad angles. Yeah, let me Terrible. in. Terrible. Some of the worst angles you've ever seen in your life. Unbelievable. 
Yes, to see the uh, Slack channel with Nate, who's also an OU guy with you guys as well, to see his demise. And I was like, buddy, did you ever see, did you watch the Carolina Notre Dame game? Did you feel helpless? Because that's exactly how I felt watching this game. I was like, man, Oklahoma, man. And, it, Listen. and I try to think about, I was like, TCU also probably, did, I think, you know, this is when Quentin Johnson was actually good. Uh, and he actually burned, you know, OU he last year. OU up last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. so this is like a TCU-OU thing maybe. Maybe this rivalry is growing and TCU is just trying to make it a thing now. I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but that's the game I remembered as soon as it started happening. I was like, this is deja vu. It's, it's really crazy to see this. You know what I don't like, though? I mean, Gabriel. Yeah. The, the guy. He's streaky. He can, he can overthrow. has been. Can overthrow his receivers. I'm talking about high balls. Everything is high. <laughs> He's a gunslinger. Like, well, bro, bring that down. Always, if you were watching the broadcast, RG3 was breaking down while those balls were so high. It had to do with his footwork. His base was off. Yeah, that's well, why I'll the balls were selling on him. I'll but you always you before he got to that. I missed that whole. I turned it off. I missed that whole. Yeah, I know you. Were, you were in the chat. Yeah, he was in the chat talking about he was done. But listen, it's like he's cooked, son. You were talking about angles and the defensive players. I mean, you talking about the angles that they were taking, being out of position. When you said they're taking some of the bad angles, I thought about on your GPS. <laughs> you know how. You have a destination, and it has different routes. It'll mm-hmm. it'll it'll put you on the fastest destination, but then it'll have an alternate destination or alternate route. It'll say two minutes slower, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. five minutes slower. Mm-hmm. That's what those guys were doing. Yeah. They didn't take the fastest <laughs> route. <laughs> they took the runaround. They oh. took the route that was two minutes slower. <laughs> <laughs> By the time they got there, the guy was 20 yards down the field. 20 yards down the field. He's Unbelievable. Gone. Unbelievable. But I had to bring it up as much as it hurts. The reality is, is it's going to take time. Yes. Sooner fans, if you listen to this, which I know some of you do, listen, it's going to take time. BV has to get his guys in there. Yep. He has to get his guys. Those guys weren't recruited for his system. Alex Grinch liked his D lineman, his D tackles under 290. That's, That's how he liked cut it. it. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it, especially going over to the SEC because those 330-pound tackles and guards lock on to you. Where, I mean, what are you going to do? You're not going anywhere. You can yeah, spin in nowhere. one place. You'll be spinning in one place. You'll look like a freaking <laughs> Tasmanian devil. Yes. Right spinning yes. in one place. And going nowhere. But that's it for that. Let's preview week six, guys. <laughs> we ended with TCU. We're going to use them as a segue to talk about their game with Kansas. TCU and Kansas this week, guys. Mm-hmm. Who you got in this game, fellas? I'm not counting out Kansas, man. I'm, I'm not counting them out. I'm actually rolling with Kansas. I'm, I'm going to roll with Kansas. Yeah, they're the underdog. I'd, if you had to take an over-under, I'd probably take the uh, I'd take that over, that, that higher on Kansas, man. There's just something. They got that dog in them this year, man. They're fighting for their lives, trying to stay up in the Big 12. Uh, a TC is okay. Max Duggan, all of, out of nowhere, reemerges, right? We all thought mm-hmm. he was done, never to be seen mm-hmm. again. Here Always he is. back. Yeah, he is, and uh, we might talk about him a little bit later, too. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah. uh, Duggan's there. Uh, Davis is taking over because Quentin Johnson, I guess, wanted to take – he should have probably just took his year off or just went to the NFL a year earlier. So I'm, I don't know what's going on with Johnson. He might, we'll be talking about him a little later too. So uh, TCU does have an, a, you know, a good one. Kansas, very leaky on defense. But as you can see, if they get ahead of people or can play to their strengths – so if TCU comes in kind of like, uh, you know, maybe like Alabama or Georgia, like, ah, oh, these guys are going to be a pushover. They're in for a world of hurt because Kansas will play higher to what they see that are seen on paper. So that's kind of how I see it. Like Kansas is that underdog that shouldn't really be the underdog anymore. You should take them very seriously. Some teams do. TCU should know that they're in for a dog fight. So for me, I'm going to take the underdog. I'm going to take Kansas. Owens, who you got, man? You, you got, I got Kansas, Kansas too? I, I got Kansas, man. I TCU was coming off of, like I said, it was the eight-game losing streak they just broke. They feeling good, riding high. You beat that Oklahoma like that. That's a that's the way you want to pay a team back that's been whooping your butt for the last you know eight years. You want to pay them back like that. They feeling good, like you said, Brandon. Kansas is the underdog, but I think they are playing more team ball, football, yeah. more team oriented they got each other's back and you can see it on the field you know the guy make a play it's like everybody run over there and just like yep. you know everybody give them some you know they so you can't it's almost hard to lose you know when you when you play like that man because it's like okay we're down now it's time to bite the teeth and you know you're like i'm not the only one biting my teeth because now you got everybody else over here biting their teeth too so we must dig in. We must get after it. And it's showing, you know, to beat Iowa State, holding 11 points last week. That was impressive. Yeah, That's impressive. It's like they they just like, all right, we must get down to the nitty-gritty. Let's just let's, let's bite. This is a close, close game. Let's just, you know, stick together and fight together. And they pulled it out. So I think it might be another one of them games next week. But I'm, I got Kansas, man. I got Kansas. I see, man. I see, I see where y'all going with. I, I I totally understand because Kansas being a seven point dog, this is no not this is not unfamiliar territory to them. They're used to being the dog site, so that's mm-hmm. just fine with that. They can just ride that right on in to this to this game. Is is nobody's still believing in us? You know, they have us dogs in our own place. We're five and zero. Oh, you know what I mean? And and they're expecting us to lose. And so you got Jalen Daniels right there with 11 TDs, passing TDs in one pick. Mm-hmm. Max Duggan, 11 TDs, no picks. Both of them ready to hit 1,000 passing yards already. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this is a hard one, man. But I think, I think, man, the consistency of TCU's run game, it's more, it's more prevalent. It's more impactful. I think TCU is going to pull this one out, man. I do. I think TCU is going to pull this one out because of the running game. Because of the running game. I just, man, Devin Neal and those guys and, and, and with, with Jalen Daniels and, of course, Hotshaw, all of those guys, I mean, Hotshaw with 44 carries, Daniels with 46 carries, Neal with 49 carries. So it could be either one of those three. And all of them are sitting right there close to each other as far as yards and touchdowns. Mm -hmm. 
it could be either 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 one of those threes, man. But man, oh man, this is gonna be a good game. I never thought I'd say it that Kansas would be in a good game with anybody. Exactly, right? <laughs> but yeah. there you have it. Again, Twilight Zone, man. The Twilight Zone. You took the words right out of my mouth. The Twilight Zone. Another good game, guys. Mm -hmm. I was shocked at what UCLA was able to do last week. I thought that would have been a better game against Washington. They handled Washington. Michael Penix Jr. did get off and kind of do his thing a little bit, but still, they handled them, and they get you uh, Utah this week. Utah's looking good, man. They beat the brakes off of who was that, Oregon State they just played yeah. last <laughs> yeah. week, and they handled them pretty easily. And so this game here, um, it's not Pac-12 after dark, but it's still Pac-12, so you got 4-1 Utah, 5-0 and UCLA. I think this is in Pasadena. At the Rose Bowl, mm -hmm. so guys, who do you got here? Uh, Utah's no uh, no uh, stranger to the to the Rose Bowl area, especially with their bout with OSU less, uh, last year. Man, Utah's got a decent defense still, so they got that going for them. I think they can slow down DTR. Our boy Jake Bobo that transferred from Duke. I don't know what he was doing because he would have been better at Duke this year apparently. But hey, it is what it is, right? You transfer, that's all you can do. But Dalton Kincaid, that's that dude, especially with Kuthi going down for the whole year. Uh, he's lighting it up, man. Uh, I just think Utah can kind of hold him down. We do need to be weary of the running back situation, Tavion Thomas. Uh, uh, he's looking a little sus. I'm going to keep my eye on Mr. Tavion Thomas. Something's up, man. Something's up. Something's yes, up. it is. Something and is yes. up. I like that freshman, Jalen Glover. So you never know. Thomas took over for that one. I, I forgot the guy's name. Uh, Tony, you're, you're – Owens, you guys might remember the running back before Tavion took over, but uh, I, I think uh, it was right after Zach Moss Booker? went to the league. Was it no, no, he was a freshman. He got killed. Oh, I had him. Oh, oh man. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but yeah, Tavion yeah. took over, but now all of a sudden Tavion's struggle busting. However, Utah, they depend on their tight ends, and with you know one tight end down, now they got Kincaid, so they're targeting him a lot. We might see some action there. Uh, I'm going to say Utah, just because the defense, I think, can hold off. UCLA and get enough to where Kincaid can do some damage. So I'm going to go with Utah. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one, man. I, I say Utah as well. They they're they're battle tested. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we like we were talking about Georgia earlier. Utah has been in those big games, man. So yeah. they know they know how to win, man. I I, I got Utah in that game. I'm going to go with you, man. It's going to be three and zero for Utah in that game. I think they give. DTR a little bit more than he can handle because they're able to do so. I don't know how they deal with uh, Zach Charbonnet, but I think they, I think they're able to frustrate DTR. So I got to go with the Utah. So guys, we got Washington State and USC. Uh, Washington State is a lot better than what people thought they would be. Uh, well, let me just be transparent. They are a lot better than what I thought they would be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me yes. just keep it a buck. Better than what I thought they would be. Listen, they get USC. This is not Pac-12 after dark either, but it's still the Pac-12. You've got the same uh, look with the records. Uh, Washington State 4-1 and one, taking on number six in the country, USC 5-0. and oh. USC has been tested this year when they went to Corvallis, and Oregon State had them on the ropes but could not deliver the knockout blow. Do they get that situation here? Will Washington State – be able to do that here to USC. Guys, what do you think? 
This is a, a CFF dream, boys and girls. This is a shootout in the making. I'm very excited. This is where you can play all your guys. That's where you <laughs> take Addison Williams on the other side. You know, Washington State, Dakia Watson. You can take uh, Stribling, all those all those sweet players they got over there at Washington State. Uh, I'm excited for this one. I'm probably going to lean USC just because of the talent. Uh, I think if it's coming down to where there's no defense, USC has the higher octane, even though Cam Ward has proven to be what he was – supposed to be like we talked about in off season he struggled a little bit at first but he uh made that jump from fcs to fbs he understands now he got the assignment right so now here he is so cam Ward starting to get into the swing of things it's going to be close but uh, i go with the talent and i go with your former coach guys i know he's not a guy you want to talk about all the time but he's uh he's a he's a, he's a smart man so i think usc is going to get it done i agree i agree i think usc gets it done i, I think it's going to be a shootout though it's gonna be a shootout, oh, yeah. My but I think uh, if any team could get a stop, I think USC is probably gonna be that team that can get a stop when you need it. So um, I still say high scoring game, but USC gonna make the plays uh, down the stretch to to uh, to come out with the win. So uh, play your guys in this game, and I'm with you, man. Let's <laughs> play go, your guys. Caleb play them Williams. All. Cameron Ward, man, get them yep. dudes in the game, man. It's going to be a Let's shootout. Go. This is fantasy gold right here, man. Yes, sir. That's good stuff. Listen, we there's no love lost for Lincoln Riley on this pod. Oh, no, no. Typical, at all. typical OU fan that wants to uh, at him all of that. That's stupid. Oh, no. That's stupid. Oh, that no. man did what he thought was best, exactly. and he did what I thought was best. So exactly. we're all on the same page. I like what right. he did. So right. it worked out for both of us. <laughs> I don't think he, yes. he would have been able to win a championship here at Oklahoma because of his philosophy right. and and, and right. the philosophy of Alex Grinch. I don't think so. And I don't think he's going to win one at USC either, especially with them going over to the Big Ten. I don't see it happening. All right, guys, Florida State and NC State, both, team, both teams, excuse me, coming off their first loss of the season. Um, both teams probably thought that they could could have won those games. What would they be like emotionally? What would their headspace be like coming into this game? NC State is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The over and under, I'm not too high about it, but this is not a game where we're looking at this as, ooh, fantasy, you know, like the previous game. But, you know, it's – it's. I mean, for college football purposes only, mm. and unless you just love Devin Leary and – Jordan Travis, or you're in an ACC only league or something like that, then you're intrigued by this one right here. But, guys, what do you think about this? The Knowles and NC State. Man, Florida State is finally getting into that meat and potatoes, man. First, it was Wake because they're going to be in a shootout with Hartman. Now they got to go double Leary in a tough defense in the NC State. Eventually, I don't know if they got to play Clemson this year. I think it's on the card. It might not be. Uh, and I don't think FSU has to come to Carolina and shoot it out either. So uh, still, they're getting into the harder part of the ACC, man. It's uh, This is a tougher defense. And uh, as you can see, they got exploited on the run game. And guess what? NC State has running backs. So uh, Jordan Houston, our boy Slimy Shark, Mr. Demi Sumo, uh, they run aggressively. Um, and they're going to run on Florida State. So I got it to where unless Florida State can some miraculous way get up by two or three touchdowns, then it's not going to fare that way especially coming back to into Raleigh. So that's where Florida State's going to have to struggle being on the road. What do you think, Owens? I'm with you, man. Uh, I think NC State's defense is going to be too much 
for uh for Jordan Travis and the boys, man. Ward is shut down. All the running backs over there shut down. Um, they share it too much anyway. It's 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 horrible. That backfield, <laughs> that backfield is it's annoying, it's, man. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, you you stay away from that backfield in college fantasy football, man. That's yes, not sir. what yep. you want to see. Nope. You know, and they locked up, so I don't think Travis can do it by himself, man. NC State play, plays too good of defense, man. I think it might be a domination, man, I think. I mean, I know Florida State can score, man, but it's going to be one It's going to be one-dimensional, I think, in this game, man, and, and NC State is too good, man. I just – I don't think it's close. I may be wrong, but I don't think it's close. Well, there you have it right there. Listen, I'm with them. I'm with them right there. I think I think it's going to be exactly that, guys. This next game, you say A and M is three and two. Uh, you know, <laughs> three and three. I think they're going to be three and three. But the narrative uh-huh. coming into this game, oh boy, because of the offseason yes, and situation and Let's go. all of that good stuff that was going on between Jimbo and Nick Saban, you're cheating. Uh, he don't know what he's talking about. You should check his <laughs> records. He's checking his <laughs> because he didn't win and uh-huh, all this uh-huh. kind of stuff. You're buying players. That's the only way you can. All of this stuff surrounds this game. You think that they hadn't been thinking about this. Don't think for one second that this game encircled in both of those locker rooms mm-hmm. because Saban heard all of that stuff. He saw that full interview, and I guarantee you he – listen, Bryce Young, I know is questionable in this game. But listen, does it matter though? I don't think it matters because nope. I think Nick nope. say I think I think Nick Saban's gonna go in here and try to beat the brains out of <laughs> they're gonna score 70 points on on AM. Yeah. Even and if Dalen Miro, he's gonna dominate. Yeah, I think I think this is going to be ugly. Mm. I yep. think this is gonna be ugly. I think this may be because they're already calling for Jimbo's head. This might be the axe, man. Yeah. This might be the axe. I mean, the axe is already laid at the, laid yeah, at the this tree. This is execution. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I think this may be it. So, I mean, I think we're all on the same page. But I mean, analyze this real quick if you guys feel the need. I mean, I don't know that there's much you can analyze besides a, a freaking bloodbath. Yeah, it's just a. Uh... So much talent at Alabama. I know they're still trying to figure things out at receiver, but honestly, it doesn't matter. I mean, you saw what they did. Um, Jameer Gibbs finally looking like Jameer Gibbs. They got right? the run game going, bro. Finally, right? Yeah, yeah there we finally. go. They're figuring it out. Uh, so now, and like I said, Jalen Miller is nothing to snuff about. That kid is super, uber talented. Of course, you know, Alabama brings in four or five stars, just like your boys in OU and just like, you know, the other schools and stuff like that. They got good, good talent. And Miro is one of those guys to where he might beat out, you know, Ty Simpson, who was the freshman coming in this year and stuff like that for the job next year. So even if Bryce is a little banged up and he's like, ah, A&M, whatever, I'm pretty sure Bryce wants to play because he heard the same stuff that he was saying as well. It's not just Saban that wants it done. The whole right. Alabama squad wants to murder the Texas A&M, man. That's just – ATMs on the helmet, man. There's transfers. They're they're probably kind of trying to show up. But hey, transfers, you gotta want to come to Alabama next year because that's where you're probably gonna be. Our boy Evan Stewart, the freshman over there, A and M, he might be trying out for the for the roster spot next year. You never know, right? So I'm just saying it's gonna be a, a one way ticket for those transfers out, and for this is a good scapegoat for our boy Jimbo to uh, call call the curtains, man. Just just do the end scene, man. Take a bow, man. Listen, you're right. 
Listen, listen, Brandon. <laughs> and them just got smacked up across their head, beat up, upside their noggin, slammed on their back by Mississippi State last week, yep. 42 to 24. That's a good, 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 real good beat. That's a, that's not an old-fashioned one, but that's a real good beat down. 42 to 24. They about to get it, man. Real good, man. This it's not like, okay, we're playing a a team that's not ranked and we're going to play down to, the, to our competition. No. Nope, you already, already, already talked about it. You got you got bad blood in, the, you know, in this game. The boys is already heated. They ready. They hungry. They first go in here and put up 70 points <laughs> against <laughs> and I'm telling you. Man, and yeah. they're supposed to get 70 hung on them because Saban ain't going to care. It's going to be in the fourth quarter. They're going to have uh, uh, 50-some points. He's going to still be throwing it. Y'all yep, get it. I'm telling you, yeah, he's going to be throwing the ball in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> no mercy, man. No white flag. <laughs> yeah, they're going to shoot that white flag up. We don't see no white flag. Uh, one mm. white flag. Uh-uh. Yeah, this is, this is man, I think this is going to be brutal because – AM struggles to move the football. They struggle to score anyways. And Alabama's defense has been lights out outside of last week where they gave up, what, 26 to Arkansas. And I think Nick Saban probably spit bullets after that game because they gave up 26 to mm-hmm. Arkansas. So they probably go in here with the mindset, we ain't giving you nothing, homeboy. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-hmm. Don't even – I mean, we don't even want to hear you breathe. <laughs> I'm telling you, so this is going to be – but it was just the, everything outside of the football field surrounding this game that makes it interesting. I want to see if there's going to be a handshake before the game and a conversation about, hey, how's your wife doing, man? How's the kids? How's everybody doing? I want to see if there's going to be any of that or if there's going to be a good game. And this is go, go to your go to your corner – <laughs> He's gonna go say, to "Enjoy corner. your retirement and walk yes. off the field." Go, yeah, go to your corner and get ready to come out here and throw some. Yep. Listen, we got to talk about this last one. Yes, sir. The big game in Dallas, the Red River rivalry. It's um, bad. Texas OU <laughs> both have two losses. One's coming off of. Back-to-back losses, one of their worst losses in a couple years. Again, I think since 2019 college football playoff against the eventual national champs, Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't have much to say about this, guys. You're going to have to help me out. I don't have much to say. Uh, Oh, get your head up. Get your head up. Let him think about it. Let him think about it. I'll start. I'll start while he thinks about it. All right, listen. Guys, from a guy looking in, I always enjoy this rivalry. One, because you never know who's going to win. It's going to go down to the last few seconds of the fourth quarter. So, boys, you're about to sweat. Welcome to me every single week when uh, when your team has a no defense. It's just the name of the game. You just hope to shoot them out, right? But you uh, guys have Drake May all day. Drake May, correct? But all day, you guys Drake have... May. my bad, my bad. Let me put some put some respect on his name. <laughs> <laughs> but Hudson Carr is still a good dude. Uh, yours, I know, is trying to get back for the game. I don't know if he's officially out or he might come back. However, Xavier Worthy works alive all of a sudden. So now we have oh, some Texas oh. in the house. Uh, 
I am hoping Gabriel can play. I really do. If not, I do not like the option that they had. I wish OU would go. They need to get the general in because that general is a JUCO champion. People are sleeping on General Booty just because of the name. They don't need to disrespect the man because the man can get it down. If not, you guys got a talented freshman down there named Evers that can get it done too. So I'm just saying, you know, if if James, if uh, our boy Gabriel can't go, which we hope he can because that's going to make it even better of a rivalry, you got some gunslingers there in yours that's better than what we saw this past week. I'll go ahead. Any and just of them not named Davis Bevel. Yeah, Bevel needs to sit down with Coach. He needs to hold that clipboard and tell the tell the freshman or tell Mr. Booty, hey, let's these are the top three plays. Let's run them. And that's it, man. And let the good times roll. Because you guys got talent. Come on, man. Mims is good. So as you know, the Theo Weiss, I wish Weiss would be more involved. I haven't seen him in a couple weeks. That's that's my boy. I've been keeping him on my roster for all you know past couple years. I might have to drop him soon. I need to see something real soon, man. I, you know, I have I believe in Theo Weiss. So Man, Oklahoma has what it takes on the offense. They just got to survive the onslaught on the other side of the offense since there ain't going to be much defense. I'll go ahead and say that for the record. But that's me being a Carolina fan, so I can relate. So I'm not like I'm not hating on either team. I'm just saying this is another shootout. For CFF purposes, I'm all for this. Play play everybody. Owens doesn't look like he's buying anything. <laughs> if, Be- if Bevel is out there, it's a slaughter. Texas mm-hmm. going to just kill Oklahoma. You know, y'all, y'all remember the tortoise and the, and the, and the rabbit? Yeah. That's, that, yeah. Be- Bevel is that tortoise. Tortoise and the hare. Yep. Bevel is that tortoise. I mean, he, mm. he stuck the ball in, 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 in Gray's uh, belly, pulled it out, and went to run. And I'm like, bro, you <laughs> took five steps. You ain't went nowhere. <laughs> That's <Bro>. so true. <laughs> <laughs> He's like uh, Eeyore when he talks, how you doing? Yes. What are you doing? <laughs> he took Why five we, steps and went three yards. Five huh? steps and he went nowhere. You, they tackled him in the backfield. How do you take five steps and you get tackled in the backfield? Oh, my gosh. Bro, oh boy. I'm sitting here thinking, man, this is, this is pathetic. Listen, I'm with you, man. Uh, if, if, if Dylan Gabriel does play, He's got to get them balls down, man. You can't come in and throw high, <laughs> high balls, man. The wide receivers can't jump. They don't have 40, 45 inch verticals, man. They can't get man, up there and get them balls. He's man, he's exposing that rib cage, man. Bruh, yeah, man. Like, come on, man. I think, <laughs> I think this is going to be very ugly for Oklahoma because you got one of the best running backs in the country probably the best running back in the entire country coming at you full Damn. speed. The guy's probably I'm, no, I'm saying I'm saying is the he's got his own mustard man the is the, the best run. running back in the, in the, in the do it. He he's coming that guy. at you man he is he's hard to tackle elusive very elusive y'all already can't tackle I mean he's gonna make <laughs> he's gonna make y'all look stupid man y'all is just hey you know, they run and then he got juke him all you hit is ground like, like he ain't there. He's right there and he's not. That's what it's gonna be like, man. I think B. John is. They gonna have about two hundred fifty yards and about three touchdowns against Oklahoma. <laughs> so, they can't. They can't tackle, man. They can't. So, it's horrible. I'm sorry. I'm keeping it one hundred. Oh, here's my team. I'm keeping it one hundred. It's a terrible, see, terrible, terrible. 
from what I see, <laughs> man, it's it's just oh my god. It's not even a matter who started quarterback for Texas. They're gonna have wide open guys anyway. Just pick yeah, your cards and throw it to whoever you want to throw it to. They wide open. Yeah. I mean, it's it's silly. Like, why you rush three? You don't have athletes. Can't tackle. I mean, you don't. I don't. You can't blitz because they hit the wrong hole. I mean, it's like I mean, everything is just wrong. So I, it's it's gonna be ugly, man. It's gonna be a beatdown. I think Texas is gonna slaughter on you. Somewhere I can hear an OU fan whose college football world is in Norman saying, just get behind your team, man. Come on, man. <laughs> believe. You must believe. <laughs> yeah, you got to believe. Just just support your team, man. They're going to get better. They're going to get better. And so Listen, you have man, to face reality, man. You got to face reality. And we just gave you two full cups of reality. Yeah. Straight, no chaser. Mm. Straight, yes. straight, no, no chaser, baby. This is the reality. <laughs> Listen, they need to get back to the fundamentals as far as tackling. I, I, I understand BV was preaching that in the offseason because in the offseason they didn't tackle much, no. but they were doing that with BV and they looked good in those first three games. So I don't know if it's because the competition has gotten a little more stiff. But I don't know why the competition would make you forget how to tackle. Right. A body is a body. A body is if a body. He's right there, listen, if he's right there in front of you, the tackler is going to be the same. Right? You tackle a five-star the same way you tackle a two-star. You have to have the, the proper technique. The is the same. The technique does not change based on change. the caliber of player. Nope. don't change. So I don't understand – how they forgot how to tackle and it's, and and the defensive approach that they're taking with nine yards off the ball and you're, you're second and one and you're nine yards off the ball and you got three D linemen. That is the coach saying, we suck. That's the coach saying, okay, if you're going to beat me, you're going to have to do it in front of me. I'm willing to give you the first down, but I don't want to give you 50 yards. So I'm going to play nine yards off, second and one, with a three-man line, which means no pressure. So I'm, I'm essentially I'm giving you the first down. It's an exchange for, okay, we'll give you a, a six-minute drive and a touchdown uh, in exchange for a one-minute drive and a touchdown. It seems like that's what it's like. You're going to matriculate, as Hank Stram would say, matriculate the ball down the field on us and we want you to go eight plays in four minutes or 12 plays in six minutes instead of three plays in 30 seconds. Mm. So, I mean, because you're still giving up points. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't get the ideology. I don't get the philosophy, the defensive philosophy to rush three on second and one and to move your corners back. On can't do both. Yeah, can't do both. Yeah, you can't do both, can't do both because I, what? I, I mean, yeah. Okay. I'd rather have press coverage, and if I get burnt for the for, for the DB to just grab him, take your take your PI. We had some of that. We had. Well, some I'm, of that. I'm saying, but press second and one press coverage. If you get burnt, grab him. Just go ahead, take the PI. Just take it. Just face mask. If, if you're so scared of getting burnt and getting burnt over the top, Orange, take your PI. We had that, and they scored anyway. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know, but it just it just <laughs> prolonging mean, the it just prolonging the inevitable. I guess. Yeah, I know, I but know. Enough of that. Y'all ready to get into the CFF content? We are one hour into the <laughs> Let's show. Let's do it. And we're just now reaching the CFF content of the oh show. Boy. We're getting into our start and sit content of the show. Guys, I'm ready to do this. One quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end. We're going to start here. And we're going to do some sits because there's two sides of this coin. You're starting somebody. You're going to be sitting somebody. And that's the, that's the segment that kind of, you know, make people mad. They get a little tissy right there when we start talking about sitting somebody behind. Sitting <laughs> butts here in a minute. But who we start right now? Owens, kick this off, man. Who you got at quarterback? I am rolling with Curtis Rourke out there at Ohio. Yes, He's got Akron this week. And Akron is 88th in the country against the pass and they are 124th in the nation against the run and guess what Curtis Rook like to do he likes to throw it and he likes to run it and I think he uh, Akron's going to get a big old handful of Curtis Rook this week I think he's going to light them completely up be in the place to be yes what sir you got, baby Yes, sir. We're going to go with Mr. Hilltopper himself, Mr. Austin Reed. The guy that makes your butthole clench with all he says in interviews as well. Uh, the dude's going for 44 fantasy points per game. The dude is an, is an Alicia monster. Go to Vince UTSA. Another shootout, a G5 glory. Uh, play all you guys. Frank Harris, uh, Franklin. Play Decorian and Clark on the other side. Daywood Davis, Malachi Corley, play all of your guys. This is a game where there's not going to be much defense, but you're about to see some impressive plays in the G5 for sure. Austin Reed's that guy. You should play him if you have him. If not, go make a trade for him because he's probably not on waivers anymore. Yeah, he's not there. But I'm going to start him everywhere I got it. No doubt about yes, that. I'm going to go with Donovan Smith, Don Ovan. My man Don Ovan out there at Texas Tech. He's been a little up and down based on the competition, but this year, well, not this year, this week, not much competition with Okie State. This is going to be a shootout. Oklahoma State's defense not looking the same ever since Jim Knowles shot deuces and went up northwest to Columbus, Ohio. But now their defense is kind of back to their old point, giving up ways. And I think they're going to give plenty of points to Donovan Smith and his Texas Tech Raider offense. Zach Kitley calling plays out there for the Red Raiders. I'm starting Donovan Smith at quarterback. Owens, what's up with that running game? Man, I'm rolling with Jalen White, Georgia Southern. He's got Georgia State this weekend. They are 114th in the country against the run. Jalen White. Last week, told Coastal Carolina up 18 carries, 145 and a touchdown. Ooh, Georgia State, y'all about to get y'all real good taste of Jalen White. I think he's going to have about 150 and one, maybe two. Yes, sir. I'm going to go with my running back for the game, Mr. Will Shipley. It ain't no surprise, right? I call Mr. 19.2 fantasy points per game for a reason because he is Clemson. You don't want to play no uh, Clemson uh, quarterbacks. You don't want to really play the Russian roulette of Bo Collins or uh, Brandon Spector all that. You just want to go with what's good. 
it's gonna be our guy, uh, Mr. Will Shipley. So take him if you got him, play him with confidence. I like it. Listen, I'm going with Quinshawn Judkins. Oh my God. All 5'11, 220 pounds of this freshman has been putting up some nice numbers in double digits out in, in, in all five games on the season as far as fantasy is concerned. We know Zach Evans is the man there, but they're playing Vandy, and the running game is the focal point of this offense right now with the passing game being as questionable as it is, which is just fine with me because I love me some Quinshawn Judkins. I've got him starting at the running back position. And again, even though Zach Evans is the man, I think he's going to get plenty against Vanderbilt this week. Start Quinshawn Judkins, guys. I am going with Tyler Scott from Cincinnati at the wide receiver position. He gets plenty of targets. Ben Bryant likes to look his way. Um, he's got uh, this week. He has got. Oh, am I looking at right here? Um, South Florida. They are 97th in the country against the pass. South Florida can give it up. Yeah. And I think Ben Bryant and Tyler Scott is going to light them up. I think it's going to be like he had against uh, Indiana. He had 10 catches for 185 yards and three touchdowns. I think he's going to have at least two of them this week. Start Tyler Scott. Yes, sir. You saw what uh, what South Florida wasn't able to do against ECU. Just imagine what Cincy's going to be able to do then. So I definitely love that pick as well. My pick, of course, is the Mr. Sensation, Charlie Jones, a.k.a. Chuck Sizzle, going up against Maryland. He gets his boy Aiden back, Mr. Aiden O'Connell. And they're playing Maryland, who's not doing so hot, 117th against the wide receivers. That is a mismatch. Chuck Sizzle is going to burn up that field, playing with confidence. He's not banged up anymore. He seems to be good to go. So play play him, man. That's what's up. No doubt. I like both of those. Listen, I'm going with Jay Sean Jackson, wide receiver for Ball State. This dude on the year in five games has 62 targets. 60. Now, he's got to do a better job of catching a lot more of those. But the targets are there. The attention is there from John Paddock, who's throwing that ball left and right. He's got over 41 attempts in every single game this year. And most of those attempts are going to this guy right here, Jay Sean Jackson. He's not, I mean, he doesn't put up the biggest of numbers, but the the consideration is there. The attention is there. Where the offensive flows concerning, you know, what they're looking for and who they're looking at and who they're trying to distribute the ball to, who they want to get involved, is this dude. He's had 15 targets in the last two games. He's had double-digit targets in four out of the last five games. So, listen, you got I mean, they're, I mean, they're getting right into Mac right now. They're hitting that Mac stride, and he's playing a Central Michigan defense that is 108th in the country against the pass. I'm starting Jay Sean Jackson, guys. This dude is only 37% on. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. Y'all need to get it together, baby. <laughs> get it together. Always <laughs> you got it tight in. <laughs> I got Dalton Kincaid from Utah versus UCLA. UCLA is the 104th in the country against the pass. And with Brad Kuti out, Dalton Kincaid is the man over there. And I think, uh, you know, they, they didn't need Kincaid last week in that beatdown against Oregon State. 
<laughs> you know, he did get a touchdown still, but they didn't need him. But this week, I think they're going to need a little bit more of him. But I think he's going to show up in this game against UCLA. So feel free to start Dalton Kincaid with confidence this week. I will. I'm going to start him against you. Shut up. <laughs> I, wasn't talk, I wasn't talking to you. I'm talking to our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to our listeners, not you. <laughs> All right, boys. I'm going to go with the other side of the football. It's Maction, baby. I got Joel Wilson from Central Michigan, the Chippewa, going against Ball State. Wilson's going for 15.8 fantasy points per game. This is before Maction started. Now, guess what? Maction is upon us. It's time to ride. So you're going to play Joel Wilson. You're going to keep him with confidence. So play Mr. Wilson against Ball State. I love it. I love it. Listen, I'm going to hit you with a name you're probably not that familiar with because this dude is only 13% on. But he's starting to get involved in this offense a little bit more. And I would be talking about Jake Brenningstool from Clemson, the tight end from Clemson. I think he's getting more involved in this offense. I think Dabo's starting to rely on him a little bit more. 12 targets in the past three games. He only had two targets in the first two games. But in the past three games, 12 targets in the past three games. He's got a touchdown in the last two games. Again, his involvement and uh, his, his, his consideration, they're considering him more in the passing game and I think they do so more against Boston College who doesn't mind giving up passing yards against opposing teams so Jake Bring Brenningstool mm-hmm. tight end for Clemson really somebody to look out for especially in deeper leagues so that concludes the starting part of the show and the start and sit segment we gotta hit the flip side of that the flip side of that coin you gotta sit somebody's butt Somebody's butt will be warming that bench right next to Coach. This is the segment that draws the most contention, the most controversy, because listeners are like, no, no, no. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. I'm starting them anyway. Care what you say. <laughs> I'm going to start them anyway. I don't care what you say. And sometimes they do. Hey, but listen, though, here's the reality. Sometimes we're wrong, man. Right. Sometimes we are wrong. That's the reality, man. And, hey, listen, you just got to keep pushing. You got to roll with it. And so, Owens, who are you sitting this week at quarterback? Doug Bromfield at UNLV. Not my dude. Got to sit down against San Jose State, man. They are number 11th in the country against the past. Oh, You stunk it up last week versus New Mexico. Bruh. Come out over 233 yards and a pick. <laughs> <laughs> eight carries for 19 yards. You got eight carries for 19 yards and a touchdown, but 233 and a pick against New Mexico. San Jose State probably started and they licking their chops. You're going to come out over two, maybe three picks this week. Come over here and sit by a coach. Uh-oh. <laughs> B in the place to be. Yes, sir. We're going to sit Peyton Thorne. Michigan State's looking like a hot mess. Uh, it's only doing under 20 fantasy points per game. They got to go against Ohio State. Ohio State's starting to look good on defense all of a sudden. And 29th against the QB. No, thank you. He's going to sit on the bench for me. Uh, you might see his partner in crime here pretty soon, too. So, check yes, it out. Yes, sir. Listen, I'm going to go with DTR, man. The dude was lit it up last week. 
Let Washington's fire. Man, you get a different foe this week when the Utah Utes. Kyle Whittingham makes me mad with the way he's doing these running backs, man. I want to sit him down. I want to look him in the eye and ask him, what in the world are you doing? What did Tavion Thomas do? Why are you so tight-lipped about everything? But I'll save some of that for later. But DTR, man, he's had two good games, one against Washington last week and one against Bowling Green. Other than that, he's been eh, okay. But he has, I mean, he's only thrown one pick on the year, 11 touchdowns, one pick on the year, 31 carries, 223, three touchdowns on the year. In regards to the run game, the dude's been looking phenomenal this year. But again, you got an opponent that's coming in there that's able to lock you up and make you read the defense. Are you willing to get out of your comfort zone to do what it takes to, for your team to win? That doesn't always spell CFS success. Doing what it takes to win does not always spell CFF success. And I think you get more of that. I'm not saying UCLA is going to beat Utah. I'm saying I don't think DTR is going to have a game that merits him starting status this week. I got to sit him. He's got to warm that hind part next to coach. I want you got to run him back. Ooh, I'm going I'm to I'm ruffle some feathers with this one, y'all. Mm, yeah. Uh-oh. Deuce Vaughn. Oh, shoot. Deucey. I'm sitting Deuce Vaughn versus Iowa State. Ooh. The 17th best run defense in the country. Listen, this, this, is, this, is, my, this is my theory. Deuce Vaughn against Tulsa. 12 carries for 81 yards. All right. Against Oklahoma, 25 carries, 116. No touchdowns. Okay. Last week against Texas Tech, 23 carries for 170 yards. No touchdowns. Iowa State has better defenses than all of them. So... I'm looking for Deuce Vaughn to have a okay day, a okay day, but not a fantasy relevant day. So I'm gonna sit him down. A lot of those people will be like, "No, I don't wanna." He, I drafted him in the first round. But y'all gotta listen to Owens, man. If he's playing mediocre, you don't play mediocre players in CFF. You need 20 plus fantasy points a game from each player, man. You can't have 12 points, man. That ain't gonna cut it. Too many teams. There's too many teams for you to settle. Teams. There's 132 of them. 131, 132 next year. So best believe there's plenty more options. Don't rest on your drafting laurels. You're here to win a championship. You're not here to win your draft. Preach, All right, baby. Let's go. go. So listen, here's another one that you should probably sit. He's come on strong the past couple weeks. It's Kyrie Robinson, San Jose State. He's taking UNLV. This is a game I don't want anything CFF to do with because the defense too good on both of them. So uh, UNLV is ranked 26 against the run. So Mr. Kyrie Robinson, he's going to be sitting the bench. He's one of those waiver wire guys that you know we recommended at C2C that you should have on the roster. But he's a guy you're going to be sitting on the bench. He's going to be hanging out with Coach. Uh, hopefully getting, you know, his Gatorade on and stuff like that. But he ain't playing for me in my roster this week. So, Kyrie, take your seat, sir. That's what's up, man. That's a nice sleeper right there. Yes, That's sir. a nice sleeper right there. Listen, I'm going to go with the guy that pains me to do this because I'm an advocate of this guy. I've advocated for him all season. Every time I had a chance to get him early, I picked him up. That would be Mr. Jordan Mims. He's been highly productive when Jake Hayner was starting. The moment Jake Hayner goes out, this offense looks anemic. They lose. He goes out midway through the USC game. The offense begins to struggle. 
They get to UConn, you're thinking, this is UConn. You should do better against UConn. Nope. The narrative stays the same. They lose to UConn. Shout out to John Lobb, who's probably somewhere popping bottles. He was going, he was going ham on Twitter, man. It was man. Awesome. They lose to UConn, only scoring 14 points. Yes, he did have half of that score. But the dude came out of there with 15 carries for 39 yards. This does not excite me. This does not give me the warm and fuzzies. He's going to the Smurf turf against the 16th ranked defense against the run with no Jake Hayner, who's confirmed to be out this week already. I don't like this for him, man. All you Jordan Mims owners who think I'm just going to ride with him and just see what happens. Dude, you're going to get four points. Stay away from this. Brandon's already told you, Owens told you, there's too many teams in college for you to settle. You don't have to settle with a head scratcher when you can just, just go get you a guy who's playing the 115th ranked defense. Yes. Who's probably going to get 15 to 20 touches. Who's going to get you 15 to 17, 18 points. Why would you settle? Right. Don't settle for Jordan Mims this week. I wouldn't. I'm not going to. I'm sitting him down against Owens. I'm not giving Owens the pleasure. Of Play him. I want you to put him in. <laughs> oh, but you dropped him in the third round. I know, right? I got a plan. Who was your number one pick? Equity. Come on, man. Draft equity in this year. Damn. Too much draft equity. Who you got, Owens? I got Jared Brown from Coastal Carolina. Your boy. The That's guys, my boy. The guy's been hot lately. And, and, and for me to sit a hot receiver? I gotta be tough. I gotta be doing something wrong. Listen though, last two games, five catches apiece, got 129 yards, and two touchdowns on one, 139 yards on a touchdown another. So this week he's got Louisiana Monroe, 17th ranked defense against the pass. We're talking about this again. You can go find your wide receiver that plays in the 98th defense against the pass or the 110th defense against the pass. Don't expect this guy to come out here and give you no 26 fantasy points like he's been putting up the last couple weeks. <laughs> so find you somebody else that's got a better matchup. But for me, I'm sitting Jared Brown. Right. Yep. I'm gone. Keeping it with the Michigan State. I told you about Peyton Thorne, his buddy, Mr. Jaden Reed's going to sit with him. I ain't playing them against Ohio State. I'd rather go get guys like Taylor McMillan there at Arizona. You can go get guys at Demario Douglas at Liberty. There's guys that are playing better defenses that are going off about 20 fantasy points per game. I'm not wasting my time with Jaden Reed. I'm going to say, you're going to sit down with Coach just with a Peyton Thorn and Michigan State can just stay sloppy. I'm, I'm done with that for this week. No thinking. I don't blame you. You said stay sloppy. My man. Yeah, like they ain't playing too much. They're not playing good at all. I don't know what Mel Tucker's doing up there, what he has done. Mm. But it just ain't happening for a run game. Nothing. Peyton Thorn, Peyton Thorn ain't that dude. He is who I thought he was. I thought he was impossible there and impossible this whole time. So there you have it right there. Listen, I'm going with Zay Flowers. I know Zay Flowers looked like he's trying to wake up and 
He's gonna he lit Louisville's fire last week. I mean, lit them up. And Clemson, the thing with Clemson is they their defense is not bad. They've only given up a monster game to one receiver, and that was Banks. And I think that they were so focused on A.T. Perry, the right reverend A.T. Perry, that, you know, they just, Banks just did what he did. But Phil Jerkovic, I don't, he's not, he's not that dude. Nope. And so I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Zay Flowers is going to have that big of a game. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think he's going to have any type of meaningful print on this game, especially when we're talking about CFF. So I will sit Zay Flowers in this game, guys. Tight end, you got to go with a tight end. I know we probably don't want to, but I'm going to tell y'all to do it because I don't have a tight end. So Brandon, Brandon, my man, B. Listen, I, know. I got to sit your boy, man. I got to sit your boy, Bryson Nesbitt. He's going against Miami, Florida. They got the number six passing defense in the country. I don't like him in this game, man. I just don't. I mean, I think it's probably look like 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 he did against Notre Dame. One catch, 23 yards. <laughs> or against Georgia State, like two catches for 16 yards. I just, it's going to be ugly for him. I, I just don't like him in this game, man. I'm I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame him. Nesbitt plays the hide and go seek game. He's either there one game, he's not the next. Uh, best believe Drake May is going to pass it around. I'm not scared of Miami and Florida because they lose to people at Middle Tennessee State. So <laughs> I was scared on the schedule. Now I'm not so much. My boy Drake May getting it done on the feet and the arm. Uh, he'll find somebody, even if it's not Nesbitt this week, right? I'm going to sit. Mr. Controversy himself, Mr. Michael Trigg, came over with his boy Jackson Dart. They ain't doing nothing over there in Ole Miss. Who, know who's doing good at Ole Miss? Well, our boy Quinshawn Juckins. That's who you should play if you're going to play someone from Ole Miss. Not even Zach Evans. Rest of those legs Miss. for the NFL. Come on, Zach Evans. Quit being a pansy. Just keep running, boy. All right, anyway, uh, like I said, QBC situation is a hot mess. Vandy is 23rd against the tight ends, actually. So Trigger's only 9.36 fantasy points. And there's guys like Joel Wood. There's the kid from Memphis. There's Tony Ferguson from Oregon. There's guys that are just lighting it up that has better production that you can play over Michael Trigg. Even if you drafted him behind Michael Mayer or behind Brock Bowers at this point, like I said, the draft does not matter anymore, guys. We're in like week six. You got to play for a championship. There's plenty of guys out there sitting Michael Trigg. It ain't worth the headache, man. At all. Not worth a headache at all. And I'm just going to ride their coattails with the tight end because I don't have one. <laughs> I don't care to have one. I don't want to have one. I just and have that's just too. fine because most leagues do away with tight end altogether anyway. I know in our home league, and I am currently commissioner of three leagues, I saw a debate earlier today, not so much as a debate, but kind of a discussion about um, C.J. Donaldson's tight end eligibility being snatched from him and him being strictly a running back. And I think Fantrax did that because there was too much snitching going on. There was Mm -hmm. too much back and forth going on on Twitter about should he be tight end, should he be running back, all that kind of stuff. Listen, let me encourage you because I commission – I am the commissioner of three leagues as of right now, and we don't have a strictly tight end designate. We don't Mm -hmm. have that. We have – Running back, wide receiver, tight end. 
that's how you get your tight end in the game. Right. So we don't have an isolation. We don't have an isolated the uh, default old school tight end position. We don't have that. And so if you want to do away with the advantage that some people, you know, are adamantly against, just take away the tight end position and just make it a running back wide receiver tight end. And you can throw the tight because all of my leagues that I am commissioner of, I have the tight end premium. But here's the thing. If he's strictly a running back, the tight end premium won't apply because the tight end premium usually applies to PPR Mm. and receiving yards. And the dude is not he's not involved in the passing game like that. I wish he would have been. But he's not. If I were to pull him up right now, which I want to do just for the sake of conversation and and, and for the sake of context, let me tell you what he looks like. Come here, West Virginia. Let me tell you what he looks like in the passing game. Very non-existent. The dude has, on the year, six catches for 20 yards on the year. Through five games, six catches. So he's not that involved when you talk about a tight end premium. He's not, and three of those catches came in one game. So he has two games already with zero catches, one game with one catch. So, I mean, he's not taking advantage like you think he is if you remove the tight end designation and just let him run with the running back wide receiver tight end thing. Right. So, which I think all leagues should do that because the tight end position is so intricate in college football because of the way that they used it. Right. You don't have the old school tight end like you used to have. You you may have about two of them, maybe right. three. Right. You've got Michael Mayer. You've got uh, Dalton Kincaid. People thought Michael Trigg, but he's non-existent right now mm-hmm. as far as his usage is concerned. I'm not talking about talent and ability. Right. I'm talking about CFF relevance. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. And so you I mean, you just don't have that. So you've got to find a way to level the playing field. And I think that designation of RWT, I think that's a way to do that. But guys, we've come to the fan favorite. We've got a chance to blow off some steam before we get uh, done with our, our final segment. I wish segment. This is the fan favorite. This is the opportunity to blow off some steam, Owens usually feels good after the Iowa segment. And you see so, me popping over here? Yeah, I see, I see. He's ready. <laughs> He's got something on his chest. This is the opportunity for you to get this off your chest. The Iowa <laughs> segment. Owens, you ready? I'm ready. B, Let's you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. And I wish on Let me tell y'all what I wish. I wish these coaches give me some consistency when it comes to these running backs, please. Listen, I hate to sound redundant, but listen, man, come on, man, let's get pathetic. I'm gonna give y'all some examples. Frank Peasant, 
at Middle Tennessee. The guy goes 22 carries, 93 yards, and two touchdowns. All right, this game. Next game, they didn't need him much. 13 carries, 122, and three touchdowns. Game, last game after that, 19 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. Last week, put him in the game. Three carries. What is this? How you go from double digits to single digits carries? Bro, I'm tired. I, I can't stop there. CJ Beasley, Coastal Carolina. Bro, you come off 25 carries, 142 yards against Georgia State. It was in the fourth quarter, and you had four carries in the fourth quarter. Where is this coming from? Can y'all please give me some consistency when it comes to these running backs so I'll know who to put in the game and who I can trust? Otherwise, I have no clue. I'm trying to win fantasy football here. You have to be consistent with how many carries you give these running backs. Listen to me. Think about the fantasy community. I'm tired of this. <laughs> He's tired of it. Think about this community. Be <laughs> <laughs> who you got. I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish North Carolina would have a defense for a change, boys. I'm so sick and tired of my boy, Matt Brown, saying, I don't know what's going on. I got a new defensive coordinator. This shouldn't be what's going on. But yet, we still can't tackle a pop water team. The Little Giants would take us down if they had the ice box in there running against us. It's pathetic. Mac, we see what's going on, man. It's time to get to the times. Need to find you a defensive coordinator. Or maybe it's time for my boy Longo to take over the realms as head coach and maybe we can get some defense going. I'm just saying. I love what we got going on offense, but I'm tired of having a heart attack every single Saturday by sweating it out. I'm over it. I'm just over it. This is two seasons now. My boy Sam Howe, my boy Drake May. It don't matter. I'm sweating every game, man. I'm sick and tired of it. I just want a defense, so I wish Carolina would get it together on defense and learn how to wrap somebody up. Can I say I feel your pain, brother? I know. Learn how to wrap somebody up. Listen, we can make a t-shirt out of that. Wrap oh, them yeah, up. Wrap them up. Wrap them up, baby. Wrap them up. Listen, this is what I wish. I wish I could get a celebrity boxing match with Kyle Whittingham. Head coach of <laughs> the Utah Youth. I want to box him because I want to I wanna hit him in his face. <laughs> because I want to know what is he doing with Tavion Thomas <laughs> this last game against Oregon State six carries for 13 yards the game before that he suspended nobody knows anything I have to search on Twitter during the game and one guy is posting about it and he wasn't even sure where is this stuff coming from, dude? That's what I wish. Give me a celebrity boxing match with Kyle Whittingham just so I can punch him in the face for not wanting to tell me what's going on. Orange already told you. We trying to win a fantasy football game here, man. You need to be more considerate. That's quite selfish of you, sir, yes. to withhold this precious information from us. You know how much time and, 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 and energy we put into this stuff? And for you to just crap all over us and don't tell us anything. 
We're trying to win fantasy football games here. We need you to be more considerate. That's quite selfish and inconsiderate of you to just walk all over the work that Brandon puts in and see and Kevin Kent and all those guys and you to just not say anything. I hope NIL makes y'all start opening up your mouth and start singing like a freaking canary. Yes. You need to start singing. You need to start telling the business, and I am here for it. Yes. All right, there it is right there. Listen, we got it off. I feel better. Owens, do you feel better? Oh, man, yes. <laughs> I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to get out. I couldn't wait to get that out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, you feel better? I feel better, man. I don't know if it's going to change anything this year, but I feel better about at least getting it out in the open for people to hear. It's a venting session, fellas. A venting session. That's all it is. An opportunity for us to release some steam, to hit that pressure valve, for us to come down a little bit because that that helium starts to pumping more. I mean, I'm listening. If you've been doing this for a while, you already know what time it is when it comes to fantasy football, college fantasy football, and you're watching these games on Saturday. That helium starts to pump in about three o'clock, about four o'clock. You've yep. all you, you you've already seen about two or three things that you do not approve of. Yes, they should have asked you. They should have called you. you. Yes, should have called us up. It called you and asked you, "What do you think about this?" And they didn't even bother. It make you yep. want to grab a neck. <laughs> 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 That's it for that. We got to move along. Uh, our next segment, Stash and Trash. It's old, but it's, a, a, you know, like they say, oldie but goodie. But we're going to roll with it. Stash and Trash, one quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and a tight end. If we can find one, which is hard to find when you get so deep into the season because, you know, tight ends are just that position, which is why we have a tight end premium. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Yep. They're almost dinosaurs, so to speak, when you look at the uh, the landscape of college football. So we have to do things to accommodate that position and to make them worth our while. Owens, quarterback, who are you stashing at quarterback? You know I what, see who man. you're stashing, but I've been trying to it's, tell you. It's, 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 I, 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 have a, I have a tendency to wake these quarterbacks up. Mm-hmm. I think they listen to me. Yeah, because he you you hated this dude for yeah, the half season. Yeah, and they perform. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I call him out, and then they just like, all right. I shake their head and be like, okay, because you him. didn't like him. Yeah, because I didn't like him, and, mm-hmm. and I put him on on the podcast, and I talked about him on our podcast, and they heard it, and so they want to prove me wrong. And now I got to come back, too. and I got to come back and do this. So I'm gonna show him some love, Max do Max Duggan, yeah. Listen. TCU, I have to show you some love, bruh. You done did a whole 180. You know, you used to stink. You used to be a, a, a waiver wire rider, but now you in that start lineup, bruh. Yep. He's nice riding a waiver wire like he riding yeah. the beat. Yeah, you used to ride that bad boy, but yeah, you in the starting lineup now, buddy. You told my sooners up last week, you ripped us a new one. I appreciate it. You know, hopefully it wake them up a little bit. But I'm going to stash Max Duggan from TCU. Teach him how to Dougie. B, who you got? I am going with the battle in Georgia. Mr. Kyle Van Treese of Georgia. 
uh, Southern going up against Georgia State. Man is only 17% owned. He has never gone under 20 fantasy points in any of the games he's played yet. That team is cruising, boys. He's, they're doing a great job there at Georgia Southern. Loving what's going on there. Loving some of the recruitment going on. I'm loving the lineup that they got. And they're, you know, playing in that playing in those conference games, so it's going to get easier. So I'm going to say, pick up Kyle Van Treese. He won't let you down. He can be a guy that you can start immediately when some of these guys are struggling. So if Gabriel can't play, you play Kyle Van Treese. And uh, I think you'll be all right with that. So keep it good. Uh, I'm going to take him. Listen, guys, I just realized as I'm looking at the show sheet, I thought I had a quarterback down the stash. Uh But I'm looking at the show sheet and I don't. But this is what I'm going to go with. Because Curtis Rourke, I may have stashed him last week. But y'all didn't listen to him because he's only 22% on. <laughs> so I'm going to do it again. Mm-hmm. He's getting into Maction. They're playing Akron this week. And then Western Michigan, which is probably one of the better defenses in that league outside of Miami of Ohio. Maybe Buffalo, maybe. Then he got Northern Illinois. They like shootouts. His playoff <laughs> schedule is Miami of Ohio, which I think he's gonna. I, I, I think he's gonna light them up because they had the luxury of playing Northwestern this year, which is bolstering their stats, their passing stats. Because Northwestern stinks. So I'm going with Curtis Rourke, guys. Twenty-two percent owned. Ohio uh, Ohio Bobcats, you got to get Curtis Rourke in your roster. Um, running back position, Owens, knock it out. I am going to stash the transfer from Hawaii, Day-Day Hunter, out there Day-Day. in Liberty. He is getting down like he got his feet planted in that starting running back position. Last week, let me tell you what he did against Old Dominion. Oh my gosh, 15 carries for 121 yards and two touchdowns. He also had three receptions for 60 yards and another touchdown on top of that. Daddy Hunter is out there, Liberty, showing out. I'm going to stash him. Stash. Mr. Hunter. Stash. Be what you got. I'm going to go. I'm going to stay in the ACC and go with Mr. Paris Jones of Virginia. Uh, Look, he's going up against some ACC teams going to be a little bit easier now. You know, a little less defense, a little bit more offense. Guess who he takes on this week? A Louisville team that likes to get burnt against the run. So even if you're just doing a spot start, Paris Jones, 9% owned. People aren't thinking about Virginia in the run game. You got to remember that that uh, that offense has changed. It's a new philosophy there. They ain't the same pass-happy uh, team that they were last year. This is a run team. And who wants the top running back in Virginia that's going to run the ball? That's your guy, Mr. Paris Jones, 9% owned. Not a bad pickup. I'd say uh, look out for him. Nice. Listen, I'm going to go with this guy because it's circumstantial. Jordan Bird, running back for San Diego State. You say, why would I want a San Diego State running back when they've been in shuffle mode all year? Well, the past few weeks, Jalen Bird has been the guy the past Mm -hmm. couple weeks. They fire their offensive coordinator after the game Saturday. 
We told you at the beginning of the episode that college is like that. They get down like that. They will they will clip you right after the game. You can get touched at any particular time. So who's taking over at the position of offensive coordinator is the run game coordinator who just so happened to be the offensive coordinator there when they had guys like Donnell Pumphrey and the guy whose name is eluding me right now, right after Donnell Pumphrey, when they were getting like 250 carries a year. I'm not saying Bird is going to get 30 carries the next game, but I'm saying he's definitely a stash because of the circumstances. He has been their best back up to now. I understand that Brady Holt, based on what I've heard him say, he would much rather run Jalen Armstead, but he's not available right now. He's hurt. Jordan Bird is available. And he's the similar build of Donnell Pumphrey. I'm not saying he's Donnell Pumphrey. Same kind of running back. But that offensive coordinator, Jeff Horton is his name. He's taking over as offensive coordinator. And when he was offensive coordinator from 2015 to 2019, those running backs got down. And I'm talking about one guy. Yes, they did. Got down. It was it was Donnell Pumphrey, and I think it was it was Penny. Um, uh, what was the guy's name? Rashad Penny. Rashad, Rashad Penny. Penny. Yep. Still trying. Still, yep. yeah, still in the NFL trying. Those guys lit it up, and then after him, it was um, the other little guy. Uh, I forgot his name. I had him. I can't. Thompson. You did. I had him. I can't remember his I name. His name. Jawan Washington. Jawan Washington. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. He lit it up the first year. He got hurt the yes. second year, kind of struggled. Right. All of that was being done. All of what Donnell Pumphrey was doing, what I thought, there's no way they're going to give him 30 carries a game at 5'9, 170. <laughs> he was getting yeah. 30 carries a game. Yeah, it was. And yes. he lit it up. He had a 2,000 yes. yard season in there somewhere, too. Those running backs lit it up under Jeff Horton. So I'm saying that's the reason you want to stash Jordan Byrne because of that right there. Yes. Because you want a, you you want a piece of this running game with that guy calling the shots. Maybe it's Jalen Armstead in the coming weeks, but right now the base the best ability is availability, and Jordan Byrne is available. So I would recommend you stash him. Owens, you got that wide receiver. I like that, man. I'm going to roll with my guy, Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. Um, he is only, he is only, listen to this, man. <laughs> He's 58% on. So somebody's listening, but he still shouldn't be that low. He's been Brian's number one target out there in Cincinnati. So, um, like I said, he's already had uh, won a monster game a couple weeks ago, 10 catches for 185 yards and three touchdowns. That's what you want in CFF, man, from, from wide receiver. 36 fantasy points, man. That'll win your game right there. So I'm going to stash for Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. Yes, sir. Brandon T in the place to be. Yes, sir. It's like deja vu all over again. 
hour down the road in Greenville, Mr. Holt Naylor's, guess who he's throwing to now? C.J. Johnson. He's back, boys. He's back. He's right with the team. Got his academics in order. Proved that he's here to stay again. And uh, South Florida paid the price. 47 fantasy points. That dude put up a 40-burger on those boys. C.J. Johnson is a reception machine. So if you're in PPR, even if you're doing yardage and you're doing standard, that's still an incredible game. Is it going to be like that every game? No. There's some other good wide receivers. I like Isaiah Winston's another one. You should probably take a look at the transfer that came from Toledo. That's also doing pretty good. All I'm saying is ECU having troubles. Keaton Mitchell, Mitchell injured. Raji Harris injured. They're down to their freshman running back. So they're starting to get it down. They're starting to pass. Ayler's looking like uh, 2019 Ayler's when I first started riding there. We had uh, Ed Farnsworth here writing for us. Ayler's was that dog. He's back, boys. And so is C.J. Johnson. Only 10% rostered. Tragedy. Get him back on your rosters. He's a guy that you need to have, especially in these uh, in these uh, AAC matchups come. That's going to be a good matchup for sure. Listen, especially with those injuries yep. happening to those running backs right there. You got Keaton Mitchell. I think he's down, but then you got Roger Harris who's out for the season now. Yep. So they may turn more consistently to the passing game. So Johnson's stock may rise, uh, you know, quite a bit because of that. I'm going to go with Jason Jackson. I mentioned this guy earlier because of the targets. 62 targets through five games. The last two games, 15 targets. <laughs> Excuse me. In each of them, catching 10 passes in both of those. He didn't get in the end zone in the last game, did in the previous game. Again, he's getting into action. I know you newbies and you the ones who are still wet behind the ears are wondering why we keep talking about action. Maction is a CFF staple. Because it not only is it early games, Tuesday, Wednesday games, but you get a lot of points. No defense. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of fireworks. You get a lot of action. Mm-hmm. Only a few teams in the MAC play defense. But then when we're saying they play defense, we're saying they play defense according to the MAC standard. Mm-hmm. So even they give up points. The ones that play good defense. So listen. Jason Jackson, you got to get this guy. With this guy's schedule, man, his schedule is a beaut. <laughs> it is beautiful, especially the playoff schedule. And I am here for it. And I'm telling you, you should be here for it, too. I want you to get some of this. <laughs> I want you to come get some of this. Jason Jackson at wide receiver. Owens, tight end, who you got? Man, I'm just to mess this guy's name up. I'm going to butcher it like I know how. <laughs> a tight end from Ball State. Uh, Tanner Kazal. However <laughs> you name, I'm a butcher. I'm going to butcher the name. Not as bad as it could be. <laughs> Google him. Tanner Kazal. Whatever his name is. Tanner K. All right. There you go. Tanner K. Tanner K. The guy. Is only seven percent owned. Now listen to this: In the last three games, ten targets, six catches, fifty-nine yards, and a touchdown. Game after that, six targets, four catches, forty-one yards, and a touchdown. Last game, eleven targets, seven catches, eighty-nine yards, and two touchdowns. With the with the tight end premium. 
them numbers is juicy. Ooh, y'all have a field day with them numbers right there. 22 fantasy points, 18 in the last game, 35. He's only 7% old. Get your hands on Tanner K. Get your hands on him. Get your hands on him. I'm going to go with Boston College's George Takis. The man sat behind the likes of Michael Mayer, Cole Komet, some big names in the CFF world as well as the NFL world. The man couldn't do anymore, so he left with his boy Phil Jerkovich. So there he is at Boston College. When Zay Flowers ain't the guy that's catching it, it's George Takis. The man has taken over about 20% of the targets there at Boston College, and he gets looked his way because his boy is the quarterback. So why won't you take care of that? Right now, he's only got 8.1 fantasy points per game, but that's climbing a little bit. He had some two good games, a couple rough games, and people are sleeping on him. He's only 16% rostered. He's got a more favorable uh, matchup coming up here in the playoff situation. Why don't you set yourself up for the playoffs, right? This might be your guy to get that sleeper win to go along with it. So I'm taking George Takis from Boston College. Listen, that was nice. I like it. But I'm going to go with Ryan Jones, tight end. Go. But Eastern Carolina, former linebacker at OU, which is probably why he's playing offense right now because that's the kind of defensive players they recruit. Ones that would rather be playing offense because they don't want to tackle nobody. That's another story. This dude has 23 targets through five games. I think when once they get into conference play, which is what they're in right now, he should consistently see around five to seven, maybe eight targets a game. Last game, he had seven targets, six catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. He's had a touchdown in the last four games. So I think he's intricately more a part of the offense, especially, again, the aforementioned running game situation that we talked about a few minutes ago. That situation may cause a turn in philosophy where they pass it a little bit more with Hawkmel Ehlers and those offensive weapons that he has and maybe Ryan Jones is more consistent, a more consistent fantasy option for you since that situation occurred. So I'm going to say Ryan Jones. And now we've come to the end of that, where you start people and sit people and you stash people. But now we got to trash somebody. We got to ball somebody up and throw their butts in the trash because they are not who we thought they were. They are imposters indeed. Uh, they are not representing like we thought that they would. And so we've got to do away with them. We've got to wash our hands of them. It's a hard thing to do sometimes because you invested so much mental energy and space into some of these individuals, but you've got to come to terms and come to grips with reality that they are not who you thought they were. Owens, who is that guy for you at quarterback? Ooh, a lot of people mad about this guy. They are mad. They're fighting mad about this guy. Brennan Armstrong. You got to go in the garbage trash can, buddy. And put the lid on top. This new <laughs> offense does not suit you at all, brother. And here's the here's the thing. He's still 99% on. So let me tell you what's happening with, with Brennan Armstrong on these fantasy teams. He's riding the bench and they holding on to him and they hoping, they hoping and wishing he returned to form in some type of way. It's not gonna happen. It's not. This is a different, whole new offense. And he's not, a, don't look like a part of it. All he's doing is putting up get you beat points. 
can't use him. You put him in a game, you lost. So you riding the pot, he's taking up space on your bench. You can have another fantasy relevant quarterback in his place. Screw <laughs> yeah. him, the, him to the garbage, man. Brennan Armstrong, get out of here. <laughs> we tried to warn y'all in the preseason. We tried to warn you. Different offense. People weren't listening. 99% of you weren't listening. That 1%, you're doing right. Send them to the trash. This is going to be a tough one for my boy Farnsworth to hear. But it's time Uh-oh. to let Doug Brumfield go. Yeah. He's a good spot start. He's too inconsistent. I'm sorry, boys. I can't have 40 points one game and 13 the next. That ain't how this works. I need 42 every game. If you want that, go get Austin Reed. You can't get it from Doug Brumfield. UNLV's coming up against some tougher defenses starting this week with San Jose State. Can't count on it. I'm not even looking at Reggie White. I'm not even looking at Kyle Williams there either. I'm only looking at Aiden Robbins, and that's about it at UNLV for right now. Sorry, guys. I know Brumfield was that week one pickup, but it's time to pick him back down. Let him ride into the river of the waiver wire that we call life. Listen, when we first started, we were talking about the guys that said, no, I'm not going to do it. That's you, right? Hey, listen, I'm <laughs> not right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm just trying to give you facts. It's just facts. Take what you want, over. Oh, <laughs> I'm that guy that we were talking about. No, no, no. <laughs> listen, I got to go with Jackson Dart, man. We were so excited about this guy in the Lane Kiffin system. In this Lane Kiffin offense, but it just it, it hasn't come to fruition, at least to the degree that we that that we were ex- expecting, and so he hadn't met our expectations as far as a fantasy fantasy perspective. He's just been very mediocre, man. He's had a, his best game was against Tulsa, and that wasn't even a good game. He just had 116 rushing yards in that game. I mean, a couple passing touchdowns, but the dude has eight, five touchdowns, three picks through five games. Um, He just, I mean, he's just very pedestrian right now. I don't think he's rosterable, especially since the running game has taken front stage, center stage, that is. And he's just not producing, and he's not going to produce looking at the competition that they got coming up in the SEC West. I think you got to get, I think you got to cut all ties with Jackson Dart. Got to throw this boogie in the trash can. Almost you got to run him back. I'm about to make somebody else mad. I'm about to make a whole. That's your MO. I like it. <laughs> Listen, Tank Bixby, you come here, I'm going to escort you out the door. And on to the what you call it, the the, the, the dump field, what you call it, the minefield, what, what you call it, where y'all dump the, trash at? The, the land, land field. field. Yeah, I'm gonna walk you right over to the Did you say field. duck field? No, I said that's no. I thought they said fansville. I was like, is this a Dr. Pepper commercial? <laughs> <laughs> you take you to fans Bryce Bryce is already there. Tank got to go to that landfill, buddy, over yep. the trash. Listen, man. I don't know what's going on over there, man. This guy does not look the same at all. I mean, he had one good game. It was the very first game of the season. He tore Mercer up. After that, this has been trash. 
I'm talking about get you big points, man. This is waiver wire uh, 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 relevant points this guy putting up. Like if he was on a waiver wire and he had the name Tank Bigsby, you wouldn't even look his way. That's how bad the numbers are. It's horrible. Right now. So if you so if you give him an alias, he'd be on the waiver wire. He'd be sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> You're going into week six, and this is what you're giving him? No. It's time to hit the trash, buddy. I'm giving listen, he's still hundred percent on. So these they're not using him. They can't use him. Either he's in the game and they and they and they getting them beat, or he's on a on a bench. It's either or. You're hundred percent on. You're either in the game. And they're losing, or they on the bench, or you on the bench, not being used. <laughs> I'm, time to go in that trash tank. There's no hot and cold. <laughs> no. All right, we said we're going to bring them up. Let's bring them up. I am trashing Trey Benson. Listen, Florida State, inconsistent. It's icky out there. There's 40% roster. Listen, there's 20 of you, 20% of you that are starting. That better be an ACC league because if it's not, we need to have a serious talk right now. Trey Benson's only giving you 11 fantasy points per game. That, <laughs> no, thank you. What are you doing? That's, uh, you know, if we took Trey Benson's name out and swapped him, it could probably be Tank Bixby at this point, right? Uh, we can't be doing that, man. 11 fantasy points per game is not going to win you that one. You might as well just have a zero next to it at that point because you're still going to lose your matchup, especially when you go up against the big boys that play Will Shipley. That's playing all these guys that are out there that smash you for 20-plus fantasy points. That's not how you win CFF. I'm sorry, Trey Benson. You and the, all three of the rest of your running backs can all sit the waivers because I ain't touching the rest of the season. It's Jordan Travis and Jordan Travis only for me here on out at Florida State. That's it. Listen, I'm going to give you a bonus, an addendum to that. Trayshawn Ward, you can take him with you. Yes, sir. He's not my trash, but Brandon brought up, brought it up. I got, listen, they are a couple. If you yep. take, if you take, take both out. you take Trayshawn Ward too, you can go right along with him, Trayshawn Right along with him, yes. You follow him right out that door, right along with him, tag right along with him. Listen, I'm going to go with Evan Hall. Evan Hall is 87% on. He's done nothing in the last two weeks. If Miami of Ohio messes with you like they messed with him, 21 carries for 62 yards. Penn State's a good defense. He'll see more of that in the Big Ten with this with this schedule that's coming up. Maryland may bother him a little bit, but Iowa's not going to give him anything. Ohio State's not going to give him anything. Minnesota's definitely not going to get him anything. Purdue's D-line is better than people think. They can give things up on the back end in regards to the secondary, but the running game struggles against Purdue. And then he has Illinois, who is second in the country against the run in championship week. You can start him in maybe one of those games. And that's the Maryland game. Maybe. You can't start him in any other of those games that's on the schedule right now. I'm not messing with Wisconsin, even though they just lost their coach. I don't trust Evan Hall right now. I'm throwing him in the trash. What you got at wide receiver? I'm going with Mitchell Tinsley from Penn State. That's my boy. This guy Dang. is a Ooh, that hurt him. Dag him. That was no, got me. Over there, tomato, that was got tomato. me. Granted, <laughs> granted, you were part of this 85%. He 85% on I still. am. It's in my bench, man. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's exactly where he was. That's where he looked like he belonged. Yeah. Not fact, he looked like he belonged at waiver wire. 
Ooh. can't put up the last four games. Eight Ouch. points, four points, 11 points, one point last week. If he was in the game, he got blew out with that one point. One. One that whole point. PPR points, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's nine, yeah, nine PPR points. But listen, he only had his highest reception all season. With seven receptions in the game. That's the very first game. After that, three, three, four, and two. It didn't do nothing with him. <laughs> I mean, come on. You still on Brandon. Let me get my boy B listen to me, bro. Let me All right, man. I'm listening. I'm listening. It's, it's, it's hard, many, but I'm listening. It's, there's too many wide receivers out there showing their butt right now. They're shaking their tail for you out there on their way from Like, look at me. Look at these 25, 30 Good points I'm putting up. <laughs> and you're still holding on intensely with his one fantasy point and four fantasy points. You're still holding them. And I'm out here wagging my tail. I'm showing you right here. Look at me. Big B. Look at me. I'm out here wide open. Come get me. 26 minutes. Come get me. Oh, you want to hold him intensely. What's up, Brandon? What's up? Go get uh-huh. him, bro. Send him oh, to the man. trash, man. Go on, send him to the trash. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I don't want to. All right. <laughs> You're that guy now. There he yes. is. No. Each, each one of us has had a swallow a hard pill today. <laughs> but that's going to be the next guy I'm talking about because this one's going to hurt somebody too. Uh-oh. It's time to get rid of Quentin Johnson. On his write-up, on fan tracks, it says, Johnson is still waiting for a breakout game in 22. Guess who's not waiting for a breakout game? This guy. He is 99% rostered. He still started in 64%, 4.4 fantasy points. That's the entire season. You know what that means? He's had less than a fantasy point in some games. That's what are you doing if you're starting him? I'm not starting Mitchell Tennyson. At least he's been on my bench. So at least I've accepted that much, right? Y'all got to make it fact. Quentin Johnson is not that guy anymore. He should have went to the NFL last year. I'd be surprised if he doesn't say, hey, I'm done for the rest of the season. I'm going to prep for the NFL draft. And they're probably doing well to do so. If not, I don't think he can get a graduate and go somewhere else. I think this is his final season. If he does have one year left, then he better start transferring now and start looking for another university. I suggest a G5 so then he can get some more points. But I'm just saying, uh, it's time to let go of Quentin Johnson, the breakout. Uh, it's been week six you still haven't broke out i'm i'm done with you i'm just done i don't care i don't care how if i got him the second round don't care if i got him the late first don't care if i got a sneak on him the third it don't matter anymore it's time to let him go and that's what i'm thinking about with tinsley too it's my it's just time to let them both go man let me give you another guy that's wonderful by the way yes i agree with that wholeheartedly yes sir no pushback from me Listen, another guy that you need to let go who was just like Mr. Quentin Johnston, a preseason favorite, highly touted, highly sought after, highly talked about, uh, highly drafted, Malachi Corley. This dude is 81% on, the highest of any Western Kentucky wide receiver, yet he's not the most productive. I don't think Austin Reed has that much rapport with him. Because Daywood Davis seems to be that guy with 47 targets. Malachi Coley is third on the team with 30 targets, and I think Michael Madison has 33 targets. He's just too inconsistent. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. You don't know when's going to be that game. You can't sit around and wait for some degree of consistency while he's sucking up a roster spot when Daywood Davis just continues to do what he's doing. It seems like he has the rapport with Austin Reed. I just don't think that Malachi Corley has it. 
I think the position that he plays, I think Austin Reed is just looking for who's over across the middle in regards to the slot. But on the outside, when he goes to the outside, he's looking for Davis. I think that's the way this offense is set up as it's running through Reed. So I don't think Malachi Corley should be on anybody's roster right now. Again, people are going to fight me about that. And they're going to wait on him. And you're going to be sitting in week 10. And the dude, what, what does he have right now? <laughs> he has 24 catches right now. You're going to be sitting in week 10. Uh, four games from now, the dude's going to have 45 catches. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Maybe not even 45. He may, he may have 40 catches. I'm just saying. So I think you need to get rid of Malachi Corley. Uh, you guys got somebody at tight end? I do. Listen, I'm going to roll with Michael Trigg, man. Yeah. Ole Miss. The guy is still 95% old. And it's been five games, and he's only done something in one of them. That's worth talking about. Mm. The the ninety five percent has to be dynasty leagues. That's the only thing I can think of. That's the only thing I can think of. It has it has to be dynasty league, and they're gonna hold on to him and just hope. Maybe maybe Luke Altmyer is, is a better quarterback than than, than 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 Jackson Dart, and maybe he can do something next year. Because this year, it's all about the run game. I just don't see how. You can hold on to a guy in an offense that don't even suit. They ain't even looking for him. They just want to hand the ball off 45, 50 times a game. You know what I mean? And you, you want to hold on to a tight end in an offense like that? No way, bro. Unless you're in a dynasty league and look for him the next year because he is a sophomore. This time you go to the trash can Michael Tree. Go to that dumpster. Yep, it's time to send another one, another fan favorite. That's Mr. Marshawn Ford, our boy Cunningham's uh, one of his favorite targets. No Ooh. more, no Ooh. more. Too many good wide receivers. Really good run game. Guess what's not getting past two? Marshawn Ford. He's losing. He went from twenty percent of the fantasy or the uh, actual targets to like five. He hasn't gone over 10 fantasy points yet. The best one he had last week, 7.7 fantasy points against Louisville. That's PPR. If it wasn't PPR, it'd be under 5 points. So I'm just saying, with a guy that's only 5.3 fantasy points and he's 81% rostered and 46% of you are starting him, that that ain't going to work for me, dog. Too many good guys that are out for me. There's too many guys that have that dog in them. Like you know, like Owens was saying, they're out there showing their butts, getting the peacock on. There's some tight ends out there just trying to show off and show out. Marshawn Ford, it's over. It's time to go to the draft, my man. Go ahead and prep now. It's a it's a wrap for me. Marshawn Ford hitting the waiver wire. Curtains for Marshawn Ford. You know who else is getting some curtains, guys? Uh-oh. It, it oh. pains me to say this. I hate to say it. Because this was my dude. I was advocating for him because of the situation, and now it had just been derailed. Fantrax has just derailed the situation completely. Blew a hole through it. Mm -hmm. CJ Donaldson, listen, you got to do it because he carry, he's no longer carries tight end eligibility. Yep. The dude is a straight up running back now. 
and he's just a regular dude now, man. Yep, middle of the pack. He's just a regular running back now, man. No more tight end eligibility. I have one league remaining that I'm not the commissioner of. He still carries tight end eligibility in that league. I don't know why. I need to ask the commissioner, what did he do? Are they not paying attention to you or something? <laughs> I haven't found him yet. Yeah, yeah man. He found him yet. <laughs> they had looked under the they'll right find you. They'll find you, commissioner. They'll find you. Yeah, they'll find him. But he, in every league that I'm in, other than that one, They've stripped him of his tight end eligibility, and now he's just a running back, and the production just isn't there, man. Maybe somebody was snitching it, man, and tell, hey, change this. But <laughs> someone got jealous; they couldn't get that loophole. Yeah, they couldn't get that that, someone, that, that cheat snitch. code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they they couldn't benefit from that cheat code, and so they uh, took it away. And he's just a regular running back now, which. There's no value in my opinion. So, listen, unless you just like the dude and you think, but they've got three running backs, including him, two other running backs that would be that they give the ball to Mathis Jr. and the other guy, Johnson. Yep. I think his name is, is it Johnson or Jordan, something like that. They give it to all three of them, but he's hurt right now. And I think it's just time to shoot deuces. It was fun while it lasted. I thought it would last for a season. Y'all thought so. But I was wrong. But all things must come to an end, just like this episode, because that's all we have. We thank you so much. Brandon T. in the place to be. Coming on with us, man, gracing us with his presence and giving us the opportunity to chat with him, man. And and we just thank you, man. We applaud you awesome. right now, man. Appreciate y'all. Taking time out your day, giving yes. us two hours and fifteen minutes of your time. This is this is the longest episode of the season. We were doing good. We're cutting this thing short, and then Brandon came on here, and we just broke all the rules. Yeah. That we yep, today. it's guest month, boys. It's about to get a long episode each week. <laughs> you, you will, no <laughs> yeah, doubt about right it. And about it was that. fun. And I don't change yes. anything. Nope. Nope. I don't take anything back. So nope. that's it for me. For me, Farnsworth, Owens, special guest, Brandon T. Sanders in the place to be. Hey, Brandon, why don't you let the people know where they can find you, what you do, where they can get your content, your work, and all that good stuff before we get out of here. Yes, sir. Of course. I want to thank my boys for having me on. It's always one of the highlights of my year when I get to come on and hang out with you guys and we talk some college football and some CFF. Always a pleasure. Always an honor. I look forward to it every single uh, year for sure. Uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter at CFF University. Uh, of course, we're part of the Campus to Canton crew. Uh, during the season, we do what's called Bet on uh, C2C podcast. So if you're trying to get into the DFS space, you want to you know add to your Saturdays a little bit more. Maybe you want to play some prize picks and maybe uh, you know bet on some of that fantasy uh, score. You know you're pretty decent at uh, CFF, but we can put it to the test. You can do it that way as well. We also have some guests on and stuff like that as well that helps us pick some of the lines so some of your favorite games and maybe a line to pick maybe get you some extra cash there so we do that during the season and the off season to do what's called the future freshman podcast where we look at incoming recruits and a cff perspective so we're looking for freshmen that are going to try to break out early so we had guys like i talked to them about big fish small pond guys like zion turner who's now the starting quarterback at uconn rj maryland the tight end out of smu 
our boy Matthew Golden at Houston, the freshman that's tearing it up as well. Of course, you have the running backs Hampton and Petaway there at UNC and stuff like that. There's those guys that you want to find. Javante Barnes is another one that we highlighted. We had an Oklahoma episode. So for those of you guys that love Oklahoma, I got Nate on there. We like to talk about all things Oklahoma and all the freshmen coming on. So it's something to look forward to, especially in the offseason when you need something to look at. We're going to take a dive and see who you can pick up, especially if you're playing Dynasty. That would be a great one for you to check out. If anything, at least you're ahead of the game of knowing the freshmen before the redraft starts for that year as well. So definitely check that out. Of course, capestanetkenton.com. You can find all the articles, anything like that. There's memberships there for you. And, of course, the DMs are open. If I don't get to you right away, I apologize. It's busy in the season, but just keep hitting me up. I promise I get to you as fast as I possibly can. And once again, boys, it's always been an honor. I love the Ankle Biters podcast, one of my favorites to listen to each week. Absolutely. Thank you so much for all the love you show and have shown over the years, man. We're so appreciative of it. You don't have to do it. You know, you're, you, you've got a large platform and you've got some influence and some weight in the community. You all, you've always shown love and we're very appreciative and thankful of that. That's it for me, Owens. Um, that's it for him because he's still mad about Saturday. So he's still over there with his arms folded, sulking about Saturday. <laughs> oh, man. That's it for us. Until next week. We out. Peace. Peace.